0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231, as we launch into another week of fun and excitement. And it is Ian here with you. And And Mark. And, of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. So do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, So, lots to talk about, as always. You can bring up whatever's on your mind to start things out here. A pretty disturbing story coming out of uh, Newsobserver.com. This is Chapel Hill, Raleigh, North Carolina, that area. Turns out an armed man who burst into a classroom at Elizabeth City State University was just role-playing in an emergency response drill. Role-playing. But neither the students nor the assistant professor, Jinbing Wang, were aware of that. Wang said, I was prepared to die at that moment. The Friday drill in which a mock gunman threatened panicked students in the American foreign policy class with death prompted university officials to apologize this week to Professor Wang and offer counseling to faculty and students. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. Oh, that's just funny. Well, so nice. It's,
0: it would not have been funny uh-huh. had you been in the class. Oh, it, but, man. you know, it's it, it it might have been
1: w- frightening. The, the, the fact that they would do this without consulting people, all right, let's pretend, to, let's send a guy, after this rash of college students getting shot, let's send a guy a guy in who's uh, armed with a fake gun, and, and he'll pretend. And that way we'll see how people will react and we can gauge the responses.
2: Unbelievable. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's dumb. He's it, lucky he didn't get killed by somebody who was packing himself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, Anthony Brown, the vice chancellor for student affairs, said the university was testing its response to shootings around the uh, of the sort that have shaken campuses around the country. The intent, he says, was not to frighten them, but to test our system and also test the response of the security that was on campus and the people that were notified. I'm sure that is just making those people feel much better <laughs> way to put it i mean how how callous is this guy oh we were just trying to test the system it wasn't our intention to frighten them well what did you think was going to happen if you have an, a gunman burst into a classroom and put the put his gun to the temple of the teacher and start making threats or whatever was it he did at that time what do you think people are going you know,
2: to respond? I'm almost thinking that for his stupidity, it would almost serve the guy right to get shot, at least badly injured for uh, setting absolutely. something up like that.
0: Well, and and you know what? If this hadn't been a drill, this would have been a crime. Why is it not a crime as long as they're just putting on a show? Yeah. I mean, any of any of the the rest of us that pretended to do something be criminal like that—criminal threatening. Well, yeah, we would be th- th- locked locked up, and the key would be thrown away but the the government people get a pass, yeah, because well, they're better than the rest of us, right? Mm. The drill was conducted just eight days after a gunman stormed a North Illinois University classroom, killing five people before he took his own life. Brown said students, staff, and faculty were notified five days in advance that a drill would take place. The word went out via email and text messages, but not everyone got the word. At 1.31 p.m. on Friday, email and text messages kicked off the drill with the announcement, this is a test. ECSU is holding a test drill where an armed intruder will enter a room in Moore Hall and be detained by campus police. The mock intruder, a campus police officer, carried a red plastic model gun, according to University News release. Wang, who teaches history and political science, said Tuesday in a telephone interview he was having a discussion in his foreign policy class when the man came to the door and said he wanted to talk with him. Suddenly the man pointed the gun at me he said wang said he didn't know whether the gun was real or not he says i had
1: th- it seems like you jumped to the conclusion that it was real
0: right i mm-hmm. saw the gun he said but i didn't have too much time to think about that the man was serious the intruder instructed wang to close the door and then ordered the seven students to line up against the wall wang said the man told them that he'd been that he had been kicked out of school and that he needed a lung transplant at one point <laughs> wang said The man threatened to kill the student who had the lowest grade point average. Wang offered to let him sit in his uh, class, he said, but the man rejected attempts at negotiation. Wang said some students thought the gun was fake, but they were not sure. I was the guy who was feeling the gun on my back, he said. After about ten minutes, the class heard people talking outside the door, and campus police rushed in and subdued the man. Even after it was over, no one explained it to him, according to the professor. He said colleagues told him that students in another classroom blocked a door with a table and chair, just as students did in Virginia Tech. Uh, During ECSU's drill, some students sent text messages to their parents. Another staffer told Wang that students said they were prepared to jump out of a window. Can you imagine what would have happened if kids had jumped out of the window and then they just had said, oh, <laughs> just kidding here, guys. It was just a test. Why would you go and do something crazy like that? Didn't you get the Didn't email? Didn't you get the
1: memo? Right. The, the same thing that happens now is what's going to happen. Well, what do you mean? The same thing that's going to happen. If the students had jumped out of the window, the same thing's going to happen now. You know, some maybe somebody will get a reprimand, tops. There'll be an apology issued and that's it.
0: Right. Do you think the school would cover their uh, hospital bills? Probably. No way. Any broken legs? I think so. Uh so the Virginia Tech shooting has led universities across the United States to reevaluate their safety and implement new procedures for identifying troubled students and notifying people in the event of an emergency. Many campuses have conducted safety drills, uh, as though that's going to do something. You know, that reminds me of when I went to uh to government school and there were the tornado tornado drills. Where you were supposed to go under your desk and like just kind of huddle what what do they have you to put your hands behind <laughs> your head or something like that as though that desk is gonna prevent the tornado from just ripping you right up out of uh, the old off of the duck floor. And cover
2: stuff from nuclear bomb days yeah that you know? kind of stuff, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah well, they're just hoping that way the body's closer to your desk so they can identify everybody <laughs> when, they, when they go through <laughs> the uh the roll call sheet you know i i'm
0: sh i'm hu- I'm that sure is these ridiculous, well, I'm sure these police. And the security guys at the school, I'm sure they're very, very concerned. And I'm sure they're trying to do what, you know, what they think is, is right to, uh, to improve their response time and their accuracy and whatever. Uh, but it doesn't, seem to be like, it doesn't seem to me they're, they're very effective at it. it. It seems like they're just scaring people ever more so. Why don't we just let kids carry weapons? I mean, wouldn't that solve the problem? Because then you don't have to sit there and uh, and hope that the, uh, the that there's going to be some sort of knowledge passed on to uh, the school administrators that your your classroom is being held up. I mean, if if no one in the class has access to a cell phone, or if, uh, if for instance if the gunman is holding the class at bay and he's you know basically tells anybody, hey, if you move, you get a bullet. You get head. a bullet. So right. don't try for your cell phones, kids. How else are uh, you know, how else seems are you going to know? It seems to
2: negate the possibility that the criminal mind is going to be invading a place like that, or at least diminishes it, because criminals change their behavior. We've seen this over and over again. You know, John Lott's book is so great, More Guns, Less Crime, mm-hmm. describes how in areas that where they allow concealed carry or open carry, uh, violent crime drops. And in the areas nearby where they don't allow them, violent crime increases. Other types of crime uh, increase. But nonviolent crime decreases in those areas where you can carry weapons. And of course, you know the the mentality of the criminals is: look, even if even if the criminal is on a suicide mission and he says, "I don't care if they've got guns, I'm going to go in and take out as many people as possible," he still won't be able to take out as many people as he could yeah, if they were unarmed. It's just True. absurd, it's crazy. You're, and 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 they get these guys. You know, playing around with games like this, the information doesn't get around to people. Unbelievable. And, you know, they don't even have the feedback loop to, you know, suffer the consequences of getting less money. What do you think will happen in their in their budget next year? you think they'll get more money or less money from the government? They'll get more
0: money, you know? You're right. I mean, nothing is really significantly going to change out of this. The kids are going to be uh, frightened to death. The teacher obviously was p- scared. Oh. Uh, he had a gun. He He thought he had a gun in his back and a madman in his classroom.
2: And, you know, you were talking about whether or not if the kids had jumped out the window, if they would have gotten anything from the school. I I highly doubt whether the school would voluntarily give the money. They'd have to be sued. sued. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, a third of that would go to the tort lawyers.
0: Well, it's your fault. You didn't get uh, get the email. Yeah. (laughs) Is there there an obligation to check my email every single day so I know what's going on with the, the school? Apparently, it's just absurd one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. your thoughts here the uh, university's Chancellor said in a prepared statement the drill was a learning experience. He said the university needed to increase the usual scope of scenarios which generally involve hurricanes, tropical storms and evacuations. So <laughs> unfortunately we learned lessons from frightened students the result when lives that result when live scenarios are carried out. However, we want our campus to be ready in case uh, in case of such an event. It almost sounds like he's ready to go and do this again. Doesn't really sound like he's even apologetic towards this. More on the way. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. Angard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are for free, including the wiki with over 1,500 pages. Created by listeners like you. Go and edit whatever you want. Head, uh, head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. Soviet-style so- uh, Soviet central planning just doesn't work. So what's the best way to reach out to Liberty Lovers? Google Ads, direct mail, free talk live. Only you know what's best. You choose what project is worthy of your dollar. Go to freestateproject.org slash donate and choose how you want to contribute. That's freestateproject.org slash donate. Uh, we go right into your phone calls here. And then coming up, a, a couple more school-related stories and then a very, very disturbing uh, police abuse story that... Is, well, I guess you could say invasive. Yeah, really invasive. Uh, we'll get to that. But first, we go to Dave in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave.
3: Hey, guys. Tomorrow Thank- I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote for Ron Paul. And going. if I have to, I'm going to make sure the machine takes it one way or the other.
0: Excellent. How are you? Oh, okay. Are you concerned that the. Are you, do you guys have the electronic voting up there?
3: We have the optical. Not the optical, the. Circle thing then you put it in the machine. Yeah, gotcha. the optical radio. Some some of the machines if you vote for Ron Paul won't take them to vote.
0: Well probably what'll happen is uh they'll take your vote and then they just won't count it <laughs> later on down the line. Now, that's so, what just some of the allegations have been. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much of it's true and how much of it isn't, but I, I don't either.
1: It's difficult <laughs> you know, you might as well trust in the voting system because what else is there?
0: There you go. I'll
3: keep you guys informed.
0: Good luck, Dave, and Thanks. thank you, sir. 800 259 to the amp line. Let's talk to Sean in, uh, I don't know where you are, Sean, I forgot. Oh, Virginia. <laughs> Virginia. For some reason, I wrote down New Hampshire. Anyway, here you are. What's on your mind?
4: Yeah, yeah I got a um, speeding ticket earlier today. And oh, then no. I, listened, I listened to your podcast about, um, you're talking about you sent the letter to the parking bureau. Okay. So I just thought that was kind of interesting, and if, I was wondering maybe it wouldn't apply to a speeding ticket because... When you go to the DMV, you sign that paper, and I'm sure that paper says you're going to um, abide by all the speed limits and all that stuff. So no, you
1: can try this cockamamie bull crap anywhere. Well, now, hold on a second. Yeah, I, th- I don't I think thought
4: it's... it would be fun, you know, just to send it in and see if I get, like, our letter back. You know, I get from the senators that says we don't – it's just like some
0: nothing template
4: that says, yeah, we're going to do this anyway. So
0: I, I think it's mo- most likely that they're just going to ignore uh, what you send in, and that's what I'm predicting they're going to do with me. Uh, but, but just a recap here for people who are just tuning in, and uh, Gardner, who probably has no idea what we're talking about. Am I hanging around with a troublemaker? Yeah, you might be. Uh-oh. Uh, I got a parking ticket last week. Oh, man, I gotta go. And we, uh, <laughs> I decided that I'd, I'd had enough of this nonsense, and yeah. I decided I was going to test the theory. And the theory is, the theory is that uh, this is a government, a representative government, that it gains its powers by the consent of the governed. Right, right. That's what people have been saying since the founding of the country. Yeah, that uh, this government's legit because we're all consenting to it. Well, I've decided to see what happens when I withdraw my consent, and so I have sent a, uh, a, a, a I've sent mail to. In fact, I hand delivered it, so they can't say they didn't get it. Hand delivered <laughs> it to the police department, what? the parking bureau, and I posted the full uh, letter yeah. and a little story at freekeen.com. dot com so people Excellent. can go and read it for themselves. All right, but the the gist of it was. Was that I told them essentially, look, uh, look, I don't want to defraud anybody. If I owe this money to you, I will be happy to pay it, and it's like five dollar parking right, ticket. Right. So I be, ha- I said I'll be happy to pay it. All I require is that you show me proof of the obligation that I, you know, or proof that I do have an obligation. So, you know, show me the original signed contract that says that I will pay you for this, and I'll be happy to remit payment to you. In fact, I even uh, gave them a a prepaid envelope so they could write me back. That way they didn't have to spend any money, you know, sending, you know, on a stamp to to write me back. And I'm not expecting to hear from them. I expect they're just going to escalate it to to the next step. But nonetheless, (laughs) it will really show, you know, their response is going, or lack thereof, is going to show... Whether or not this government's legitimate, right? Whether or not it really is a government by con- consent of the people.
2: If it's legitimate, they can show that you have given your consent somehow. If it's not legitimate, right. then they will increase the the fine level and increase the pressure and coercion to make you pay.
0: Exactly. Then they will be showing themselves as a gang of thugs, which yeah. is of course what I believe that they are. But I would love to be proven wrong. There is another way they could show they're legitimate, and that is by uh, by essentially doing as uh, by agreeing with what I'm saying here, by saying, oh well, you know, you don't have to pay. Sure, so okay, we don't have that agreement, so you know don't pay us anything yeah. and the way I wrote the uh the letter says they've got uh, ten business days to respond, otherwise, I'm presuming their non response means that there is no agreement and that I don't have to pay your fines nice. because in the in the world nice. of, yeah <laughs> well in the, in the world of, in the world of legal land, this government legal land of theirs non response tends to mean assent. Meaning mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. that's the way they do things. In that, if you don't say no,
1: right, it means then assent from you, not from
0: not them. Not from them. I'm right. sure the, right. I'm so sure you, the rules are put different the foot for
2: them. And the shoe on the other foot. But I nonetheless, like
0: we're trying it out. We're testing the waters okay. here. and We're going to see what happens. So that's what we're uh, we're referring to. And Sean, you're saying that you don't think you could do it with the speeding ticket because you did sign an agreement for uh, the driver's license in the state that you're in, uh, whereas I did Probably, not do yeah, that. Probably.
4: Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, yeah.
0: what did did you do it when you were 16?
4: Uh, I guess I renewed, and then um, so it was probably like a couple years, last year. Or you could like still that.
0: you could still make the claim that you were not aware of the uh, of the terms of the agreement. In that, if you didn't know what all the laws were or what all the the terms were to the contract you were signing, <clears throat> uh, and especially if you felt as though you were being coerced into it, then you could very well uh, you could very well take that position and say, look, you know, this even if I did sign this contract. Uh it's invalid
4: oh yeah yeah I just I, I want something maybe that can extend um the date or whatever so I can have time to build up and pay the the stupid fine well um, so, like maybe like an appeal or I don't know how I read the thing, and it says like you take you can you can plead not guilty, and then when they when they charge guilty, you have ten days of appeal blah 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 blah.
1: Well, I, I can tell you my experience with a speeding ticket. I don't recommend what my, um, my what my fine co-host has, rec- uh, has has done here in this case of the parking ticket uh, to do with the speeding ticket because, um, in a, with a speeding ticket, you can get points in your license. They can revoke your license. They can yeah. uh, um, and the. the when, when you start doing multiples of a speeding ticket, it gets really expensive really fast. He's talking about a $5 parking ticket. If you want to try this uh, this kind of... hocus,
5: hoken... $5? Where do you guys live? That's, Keen, That's like nothing. New Hampshire. <laughs> right.
1: If you want to try this kind of hocus-pocus, nothing go for out five and get for a parking ticket.
5: the lowest, like 30
1: There you go. Go out and get a parking ticket for 30 bucks and, and try this little hocus-pocus on your own. I don't wait, think wait, wait. there's
6: any extension, yeah, by the re- re- I don't think I'm going to risk it. I was just, yeah, let I me tell you what happened idea. with my
1: speeding ticket. Um, I went down to Massachusetts and... Uh, I, you know, got caught for speeding, I guess. I don't know uh whether I was or wasn't, but I, I said not guilty and went in front of their little magistrate and uh he cut the speeding ticket in half. Basically he was ready to wheel and deal, um it, because I went to the court date. So uh, maybe that's what you should and do. And I'll like? say a good a good amount of people got out of it.
0: Yeah, you probably can't get an extension, but you can go and challenge it. And
1: And the trick is um, never admit how fast you were going. Never say that you were going over the speed limit. Just say you were keeping up with traffic.
2: Yeah, or you can say, I thought it was a reasonable rate given the conditions.
1: Good luck, Uh Sean. Thanks for the call. Let us know how it goes.
0: 800-259-9231 is the Seikl's CAI toll-free line. Now, Mark, why are you... Why are you coming down on me, man? Hocus Pocus? <laughs> what's, what's the name calling it's, all about? No,
1: no, I, there was no name calling at all. I said it was Hocus focus <laughs> and <laughs> this isn't this isn't a magic trick but, right right and that's the thing i'm We're saying, testing
0: the theory of consent government consent. i don't consent. want to test
1: it with sean's license do you understand that's why I i'm understand. you're you're taking the the a fine amount of risk your five dollars will jump to 55 and you'll pay it and fine well there i've actually got a response from a new hampshire law enforcement officer as to what
0: this
7: might ha- what might happen with me more coming up Scientists have discovered a human hormone that increases people's trust in each other, oxytocin. And for the first time with Liquid Trust, you can harness this power.
2: Buy Liquid Trust now at 800-507-3718 or
6: liquidtrustspray.com. Use code FTL to get free shipping.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the Sekels CAI toll-free line. And that's 800-259-9231. Plus, you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use the code FTL to save 10 bucks. That's LegalZoom.com. And also, don't forget to join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Archives are there, so if you've missed a moment of the show, just go and download them for free right there on the front page of the website. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee. We give it away at freetalklive.com. It is Ian here with you. Ian Gard. And Mark. Returning to your phone calls, let's talk to Ziggy in the UK on the Ampline. Hey, hey, Ziggy. Uh,
8: hi, guys. Hey. Um, just one quick thing. Thanks, God, for that talk the other day.
0: Yeah,
2: it was great, Thank Ziggy. Thanks yeah. for the call.
8: No, no problem. Um, I have a property rights dilemma from South Africa for you. Do tell. Um, there's a town in the Northern Cape called Orana, which was set up by white Afrikaners, um, towards the end of apartheid.
1: Those are Dutch people for, you know, those yeah. people that don't want the whole...
8: Yeah, people process. such as myself. Okay. Uh, and basically, um, it's a white only town. Now, that, first of all, gives me... It makes me feel very unsettled, considering South Africa's history. Mm. Second, and now the, one of the indigenous tribes is disputing whether they were moved in um, unlawfully... And the government is, getting, uh, is now questioning the legitimacy of, of this town.
1: The legitimacy of the town? Yeah. How how can, like, uh, so what, what happened? I'm sorry, I guess I just didn't What's like...
0: the dilemma? I mean, are you saying that there's a bunch of white supremacists that have their own town or something? <laughs> yes, basically, yeah.
1: And how can the government dispute the legitimacy of a town? Well... They would say uh, those people really don't live there?
8: You, uh, you have to understand um, what's happened in Zimbabwe to understand this. Zimbabwe, the country next to South Africa, uh-huh. where the government has um, encouraged white people to seize back white farms, oh, white-owned wow. farms. Seize? Yeah, basically. With guns? Um, were
2: yeah. those were those nationalised when uh, when it was Uganda?
8: No, no, Uganda is, is further up. Uh, in oh, Africa.
2: I see. Okay, I'm confused. All
8: right. Well, yeah. The Mug- when the Mugabe regime came to power in in um, in, in Zimbabwe, yeah, basically. Um, the, set, the, the settlement they had with the, the British government uh, didn't cover the redistribution of land to the indigenous people, people, as it was seen. And basically, the Mugabe regime has consistently, uh, and his cronies, have consistently seized back uh, white farms and thrown the farmers off their land. And a lot of them have actually you know, emigrated even to South Africa or onto Britain. Um, I don't want that to happen in South Africa, but at the same time, I don't want to sort of encourage racism. You know, South Africa has a very painful history due to, due, due to racism. Oh, yeah.
0: So, now, are you saying that this town that you're talking about, this racist town, Yeah. is it a, uh, like, it's actual, like a, like a government uh, town, as in town incorporated as a government? Is that what the issue is? And it,
8: yeah, 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 it, it, it has its own, own governance, yeah.
0: And so, South Africa, the country, the state of South Africa, is now saying that we are not recognizing your town as being a town. Is that the? Yeah. Is that no, the
8: exactly. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't follow the new constitution.
1: And the wow. new constitution requires.
8: Well, b- 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 basically, you can't discriminate against against black people.
1: Well, how are they discriminating if the pe- black people just don't live there?
8: Well, because blacks blacks want you know, as I said, there was an indigenous tribe saying that is their land.
1: Oh,
5: right, right. You see. I um, see. But
0: well, you I, know, I'm as far sure. as I'm concerned, you know, I don't I don't like the idea of governments. I don't like racists either, so it's hard to you know it's hard to pick a side here, but yeah. it seems to me that if a group of people wants to go and incorporate their little piece of land as a town that means that they've gone to the state government and they've said, "Well, you know, we want to follow whatever the process is to incorporate, and so therefore, if the state government changes its rules and they don't want to play by those rules, well, the town exists at the pleasure of the state government that's you know that's the way things are right? The people created the government, the government created supposedly the yeah. government created corporations I mean we're talking about theory here right mm-hmm. and yeah. so so in theory since the government allowed them to exist in the first place as a town incorporated, then they are free to change their rules well, on them also brings up.
8: There is policies which have been adopted in South Africa which I disagree with. South Africa have just won the Rugby World Cup, and now they are saying that there's got to be a quota system for picking the team. Oh, wow. In other words, you're going to have to have a certain amount of black players. They already have this with the cricket team, and South Africa's fortunes cricket-wise hasn't, hasn't been as great. They're now saying well, this has to happen for the rugby team, so- and I and and, and basically, I, I have I have no problem. I am no I'm no racist, but I, I believe you're going to have to give. Them, what they're trying to do is speed up. You know, the racial equality thing.
1: Yeah, forced right. integration is not a good idea. Right, any type, no. of, quote, any type of quota system is it, it, it generally, uh, as far as I'm concerned, racist and uh, antithetical to freedom. As far as I'm concerned, whether they like it, you know, who, I don't care. Uh, a rugby team should be able to be c- comprised of whomever it is that they wish to, to comprise the rugby team of. Forcing them to take on uh, other players, I think is just wrong. Well, there, say, are,
8: there are black players in, 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 the rugby, in, the, in the South African rugby team. Then
1: what's the problem?
8: <laughs> well, exactly. They 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 want they want more. I understand right. where I understand where they're coming from, and I and I and I agree. And I agreed, you know, South Africa wants to put its its past behind it, and, and 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 you know I I I you know I have every empathy with that because I am South African and I'm but, proud to be South African. And and up until very recently, uh, you know, until we won the the Rugby World Cup in 1995, which seemed to sort of, have, uh, funny enough. I know, I know Ian would, would would be surprised, but sporting occasions sometimes do heal some wounds, and it did when you saw um, Nelson Mandela wear a you know a springbok uh, rugby shirt, you knew, you, you, you knew that there was because rugby was always considered the white man's sport
2: Dozinki, uh, can I ask you a question on the on the on the land dispute? Um, are, we, are, are you uh, intimating that there, or maybe I'm reading this wrong, there is a, an indigenous population that says that they have a property claim to this prior to... Yeah, but,
8: they, but the whites basically um, threw them off the, the land. I mean, there is evidence to say that this is true. Cecil Rhodes, in, uh, who, who's, uh, if, you, if you remember Zimbabwe, was called Rhodesia. Right. Um, but the country was named after him, um, used a private army to throw uh, tribes off, off their land. Um, um, b- mm. b- basically because he didn't want to solid the name of, of the British Empire.
2: Well, you know, that, that brings up a, a really uh, a couple interesting things, which, you know, it goes all the way back to American history for us here in the, in the U.S. and Australian history with the aboriginals and how, how they were able to uh, uncover uh, yeah, a property I gonna, rights. I,
8: I, I would ask you, because um, yeah, I, I think you would know about this, what do you think about what Ayn Rand said about she justified... The white man throwing the Indians off their land it
2: i, have uh, a... yeah, I, I haven 't seen it i don 't know I, it's, it's to me it it opens up a very as Ian said it opens up a very theoretical branch, very abstract branch of whether or not uh, even property rights can be supported uh, through any sort of uh, uh, philosophical construct uh, whether you know uh, having have having some sort of a right to property is vested through a Lockean sense of having put your energy into it and therefore. Uh, it becomes partially your property or if it's a squatter's right sort of a thing. Uh, You know, with Ayn Rand, can you extrapolate or expand a little bit more? um
8: Um, I... I
2: I'll search out the quote and I'll email it to you. Okay, thanks.
1: Thanks, Diggy. When it it comes to uh, returning property to uh, indigenous people and that kind of thing, you can really go back a ways. Um, You know, uh, there could be disputes in our courts over um, which Indian tribe actually claims to own a particular piece of land. Mm -hmm. You know, do the Cherokees own it or do the uh, Apaches own it? Whatever. Um, You know, whomever it is. they're, They're nowhere near each other, by the way, those two tribes. But. You know, it's it's difficult to uh, ascertain. I don't think if the person if, – if somebody's not alive to make the claim on the land, certainly that claim um, has no validity. So, therefore, um, any of the, the claims for reparations for slavery, sure, you can have reparations for slavery as long as you were enslaved.
8: Well, you know, the, the thing is, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not – I, I am not – you know, we – our generation – Shouldn't have to pay for the mistakes of uh, which happened
5: 150 years Yeah, no, it, it, yeah. Seems, Absolutely. it seems ludicrous There's no way
0: that I could be responsible for what my ancestors might have done uh, right. a few hundred Some years. Some of ago.
1: your ancestors, I mean, as far as yeah. I know, my ancestors were over um, in Germany farming potatoes for the overlord so and bearing you... his bastard children.
0: Thanks I mean, for the call, as up. always, dude. We but appreciate but it. But 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. A little bit more analysis of this particular situation, because it's just disgusting people on all sides. Uh, we'll continue this is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Speaking of freetalklive.com, I should mention that uh, we need you to go and vote for us. So go right now. If you want to help Free Talk Live out, uh, we need your votes because we're down this month. Uh, Normally, we start out pretty strong, and I'm surprised because we've got over 1,000 people on our email list.
1: Things have gone poorly on the old uh, um, voting thing the last two months. Yeah, I haven't heard
0: heard anyone reporting they've been having problems this month. Last month, there were a lot of people that... That had problems voting this month. I haven't gotten any reports like that. So we just need to, maybe people have been resting on their laurels and and not participating because we've been winning so many months in a row. Is this Mm -hmm. for the podcast? Yeah. 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 So we won like eight months in a row. And so maybe people thought they didn't need to vote anymore. Well, Mm -hmm. we do. We need you to go and vote right now at vote.freetalklive.com. We've only got like 160 votes. The top show has over 300. So we need to really catch up. Vote.freetalklive.com takes an email address, maybe a less than a minute of your time, and it makes a big difference for us because being number one on that list helps bring new people to the show, which means more people finding the message of freedom and liberty. Now, before we continue with the calls, let's just continue real quick on this uh, South African situation that Ziggy brought up. Uh, as I understand the, uh, or understood the situation, there's some uh, some town that had incorporated from the state of South Africa, the country of South Africa, and they Apparently the, the whole town is run by racists, and the South African government has said, well, that's unacceptable. You need to allow people of a different color to, to move in there, and so there's a conflict uh, as a result of that. And I think that everybody in this particular case is despicable. I find racists to be despicable. I find government people to, uh, you know, people that are using force on others to be despicable as well. But if indeed you did ask permission from the government to do something, then don't be surprised when they change the rules on you because um, that's the way they do things. It's
5: yeah.
0: their but- rules. They change them all the time. And so at this point, they're changing the rules. And if they
1: don't want to obey, well, then maybe they should just unincorporate the town. He imp- he he pointed it out as a property rights issue, though. And, um, you know, essentially you have a tribe there, and then you have people that are living on the tribe's land that, con- that claim that it's their land. So to some extent, it's still it's still a property rights issue. Whether or not you're talking about the um you know the country of South Africa um saying or whether or not they can the town can incorporate those people still own those plots of land or they have deeds to them, but mm-hmm. there's a tribe that says. Oh no, you don't. So they're trying to take all of the land back. Well, if it's if they claim it's their land, that certainly could be a scenario. Yeah. I don't know the specifics in this particular case, but wouldn't you say that there are tribes out there somewhere that would like to see the the land returned? I yeah. mean, look at the Cuban situation. Uh, there's there's people still alive here in America who fled the Batista um, the, the Castro regime um, at the fall of the Batista, Batista regime, whose property is in Cuba and they want it back. Right. Right. Well, chances are good they're not going to get it. And then, and then you're, um, you know, you're going one step farther, uh, with the, uh, the slaves were promised rep, you know, uh, 40 acres and a mule when they were released by the government and they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the American Indians, which some tribe or another can claim every bit of land in the United States, so therefore, um, you know, the property that we, you know, we, we own here in New Hampshire could be claimed by some tribe, which I can't remember the name of, uh, which probably doesn't. probably a, full a few blooded, different tribes, yeah. yeah. there's not a full-blooded member of that tribe left. But,
2: but it's, you know, Mark, I mean, we were chatting a little bit about this off the air, and it's such—it's a really fascinating issue because you're talking about. Uh, heritage and, and the descendants of people who have been wronged by force uh, having uh, their land taken away. Uh, and then how do you handle property rights in that case?
1: Well, what I say is I've got enough problems with property rights and the government respecting my property rights today, let alone trying to sort out the property rights of, um, you know, uh, two or three or four generations ago. I just don't think right. we can. Um, as as far as I'm concerned, if there's an aggressor out there, uh, somebody, you know, some organization or uh, person that uh, not an organization, but some person that did the wrong, that that person should be held responsible. But if that person's long since dead, I don't know what you're going to do. It's yeah, very how do you difficult. figure that
0: out? How do you actually work that out? I think the best possible situation would be to just get rid of the government. And because as long as the government is around, these different groups are going to be trying to to wield its power, to wield its force over top of the and against the uh the groups that they disagree with. So you may have the tribe trying to wield the power of the government to evict the uh, the racist people off of the land that they thought was there, so the tribe can take it back, or you might have the racists, you know, using the government to wield their racism over, you know, backtop of the, you know, the tribes or whoever it is they're racist against, yeah. in order to make their lives uh, more of a living hell than they already are. So it's the the real problem is having the government out there. I think you're right. And uh, you know, if it, if it weren't for the government, then we wouldn't have um, the two major issues that we were talking about. And that is, that segregation or forced integration, because usually that's how things work. If the racists get in charge of government, then you get segregation. You force people to stay separate, even those people that don't want to stay separate. Uh, then if the, uh, the integrationists get in charge of government, well, they decide the best solution to segregation is to completely reverse the situation and force people to get together that might not necessarily want to get together. And so what you have there is then you engender even more hatred amongst those who were already racist and those who resent being forced to be around the people they don't want to be around. So you neither know, of those solutions is uh, is very good. So the best option is to just wipe out the, uh, wipe out the state.
2: I was chatting with uh, Jason of uh, SACL. SQL uh, uh, C-A-I. CAI. Awesome. And uh, we were talking a little bit about property rights and how, um, you know, property rights uh, in our tradition historically is based on John Locke's idea of God-given innate rights to the ownership of your yourself and your skills. And then when you apply your skills to land, then uh, you have a property in that land because you need land to be able to survive. And if somebody will be able to control that, then you have no surety that you have any control over your own life, which then takes away your right to your own life. So he draws it out, and it's sort of a logical concept, but it all stems from a religious side of it. And we were talking about a more secular approach. And I think that uh, if you have people who are, uh, it's an if-then statement. If you have people who are uh, interested in, in, that people generally, I think, like to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. Sure. People generally... Except for sadists. Yeah, except for sadists. And, you know, there are exceptions. So we say, you know, most people like to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. Mm-hmm. Um, they also generally... Uh, are sympathetic and empathetic creatures. They can they feel pain and they can, they can understand that they, they would rather not inflict pain on others because they know what it feels like to, to have that pain. Sure. So when they encounter each other, I think you can come up with a, a secular parallel to natural rights theory, which then gets you to property rights because you know that if you don't recognize someone else's property in his land or his work or something like that, then it will not be recognized for you. The reciprocal won't be done for you. Right, and um, then
0: as a result, a lot of conflict will ensue, which yeah, is where if, if you exactly. got rid of the state in the South African situation, and the tribe decided it was going to try to take its land back, then the racists would have to defend what they thought was their land, and you'd have conflict. But again, you already have conflict with uh, one group trying to wield the state's power over the other. It would be in the best interest of both groups to just leave each other the hell alone at well, that point. Yeah,
2: now here's a question for you guys. Now, if we're talking about private societies, non-government societies, and we think you know, generally that these would be able to resolve things a little bit better because they'd have policies a priori as they establish their policies. Mm-hmm. Okay, if uh, if there's a problem, if there's a property rights conflict here, uh, we'll already have set up rules or we'll have arbitrators and so on and so well, forth. Well, if
1: you have set up rules, those are laws. Uh, if you have arbitrators, what you're going to see is a bunch of different decisions all over, you know, in different areas of the spectrum. You're going to see, well, if, if I came and took your property and then we go to uh, arbitration likely, mm-hmm. you would get it back from me. Yeah. So and and then obviously then the Indians would want to take their um, you know, claim in and then maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. And somehow the arbitrators would, you know, you would probably use some level of precedent to make their decisions and, um, you, you know, they would use some level of discretion to make their decisions. Right. Decisions. Now, so, here's,
2: here's the question. Now, we we assume that those who don't go along with the rules, I'll call them rules, if you want to prefer to call them laws. I would rather call them rules. If you have l- rules system.
1: that people have to follow, then you've got laws. But it's well, voluntary. you can call it private it's, it's law. It's, it's voluntary. If you want to. Only these, so, so,
2: these would be voluntary private law. But let's, if let's they're
1: voluntary, it. they're really not rules. They, well, yeah, they would yeah, be
2: agreed to rules. Are. I mean, when you're yeah, you're playing by the rules of Monopoly. They say okay, but we're how do I to agree? You give your consent in a voluntary. We're talking about voluntary. To whom? Where? to the other people who want to form the society. I mean, we're talking in the abstract here.
1: Well, I, but right. if, if, if somebody's coming to uh, take my property away, I'm likely to want to withdraw from whatever well, so voluntary is, this agreement that I've, I've entered into. This is into.
2: exactly where I'm going. How far back do you go? So in the abstract, you could, let's say, hypothetically form a society. You form a society and you say, okay, uh, there are no prior claims to this land. We're, we're coming to this land and... We're saying, we're going to divvy this land up. I've got this parcel. I found this, and I found this, and so on and so forth. We're going to have a system of of property disputes. Uh, These are our agreed-to rules or private laws. Uh, But what happens then if you are invaded and you get taken over Mm -hmm. uh, by some other power that doesn't recognize those rules? Then the it's rules theirs. change, I guess. Right. And and this is Might what it makes comes right, down that to. Is power is, of the gun, I'm this afraid. This is what it comes down to, protecting yourself. And um, those societies need to come up with their own private defense forces.
0: Absolutely. 1-800-259-9231. And in a free marketplace society, defense and protection would be in demand. So those forces would rise up, I think, relatively quickly. Yeah. Uh, more on the way. Hour 2 is coming up. We'll talk to Angio as well as Carl and your calls as well. Free Talk Live. It's time
2: to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is
0: George Phillies,
9: Libertarian for President. I approved of this message. Paid for by Phillies
0: 2008. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231, sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features. We give them away. And uh, normally I talk about how Free Talk Live uh, is the you know, only... Major talk show website to give away its features. Well, our friend Gardner Goldsmith has free features on his website, too. Thank you, uh, That's libertyconspiracy.com. They can get uh, your lovely podcast there, on a few other things. Indeed. News. I hear it's info. very
2: difficult to get them right now. We're working on that, but you can eventually sign up. And uh, Thanks, and you can stream them right on the website. There it's you go. Cool stuff
0: there. So head over and uh, check him out when you get a chance. That's libertyconspiracy.com. We go into your phone calls. Uh, let's start with Angio. In Ohio, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi, I'm
10: Angel. Hello. Actually, Hi. it's Angel.
0: <laughs> Angel. You know, it's funny because the board op actually spelled out your name as A-N-G-E-O, and I had him, like, double-check it, so I don't know how <laughs> that happened. Uh, but, Angel, what's on your mind?
10: Well, actually, um, I work for Cycle CI. Oh, all right. Cool. I'm very familiar with. <laughs> and um, I actually also obtained a copy of Barry Cooper's Never Get Busted, which I watched and had everyone I know possibly watch it too?
0: Oh, it's that good, huh? It is an excellent video. That's yeah. great. It
10: is an excellent video, which I learned a few things from that I was not really familiar with, which was great as of last night.
0: <laughs> yeah, even I thought. I mean, I have been a long-time uh, drug legalization activist. And even I learned a number of things from Barry Cooper's Never Get Busted. I thought I'd kn- I knew almost everything about uh, drug prohibition and the way the, the cops work, but uh, there was a lot of really good
10: information. I I did, too. <laughs> Angel,
0: you said as of last
2: night?
10: Yes. So I am in Defiance, Ohio, and yeah. I am driving my friend home who is um, a male, and he is actually black. I'm going to throw that out there. Maybe that has nothing to do with it. I don't know. mm mm-hmm. You never uh, can be, be sure. Road and, I'm sorry?
1: You can never be sure. Well, Driving while black is a very ambiguous
10: crime. <laughs> I think that's a crime. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm driving on the road, and granted, I am speeding. I'm doing like 67 miles an hour. That could be the problem. So. It's really only a
0: crime if the cops are rednecks. I mean, the the more redneck the cops are, know. the more likely that'll be a crime.
10: Well, let's just say we were headed to a town called Hicksville.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, very perfect.
10: <laughs> So we are the only two people on this entire road, my car and the sheriff car, which is far enough away that I kind of see him coming at me. So I start to slow down, and by the time he gets up to me, I'm doing about 62. He pulls me over, of course, and he was acting very polite, very nice, Um, asked for my identification, my information. He said he clocked me at 67, um, you know, did the whole spiel and uh, he said, you know, hey, as long as, you know, you don't have any winter arrest or anything like that, I'm just going to give you a warning. And I'm like, okay, and, mm. you know, totally fine, no reason for me to be in any trouble. Sure. And as he's walking away, he shines the flashlight in the car, and he says, and, by the way, who is your passenger? Mm. So, you know, okay, fine, now you you'll give him his name. He lives in Indiana where we're going, um, and I'm taking him to work. And he's like, okay, well, what's your name? Uh, Write it down, and he says, well, as long as he doesn't have any warrants either, then you know I'll write you this morning. I'll let you go. Hmm. And we're sitting in the car. And he goes back, and ten minutes goes by, and we're still sitting there. And I look at my friend, and I'm like, "Do you have any warrants?" And we're laughing because we're like, "No, we don't have any warrants." You know what? To- what is he? You know, what's going on? What's taking so long? Well, they
0: always they always do that. Just as an aside, I mean, if, even if it was just you, it would have been a ten minute wait at least anyway, because it's an intimidation tactic. They uh, they they take your they take your license and they just go sit back in their car and they drink their coffee and eat a donut. Play like cartoons uh, on their computers. Yeah, as they you know <laughs> they they want you to sweat it out basically. So I'm sorry. I go ahead. I completely agree. So yeah.
10: I'm sitting there and I'm talking about it and I'm actually telling my friend that I'm like you know I he's trying to like worry us i said or oh, i guess maybe he's waiting on backup and as soon as i said the word backup oh. and mind you like i said we're on this country road me and the him, we're this only car there i see flashing lights coming mm. down the road and i'm like oh my gosh what is going on you know and i look at him I'm like are you sure you don't have a warrant and he's like i'm sure i do not have a warrant yeah these cops like pull in the middle of the road acting very like like we just robbed a bank basically mm-hmm. oh boy they jump out of the car with their guns, and they, you know, they say my friend's name, and they're like, "Step out of the car! Step out of the car!" Holy man! And I'm like, "Oh my god!" You know, he, so he, like, you know, steps out of the car, and at this point, they're already grabbing him, shoving him against the side of my car, like, "You don't have a word for your arrest!" And he's like, "Okay, I don't even know anything about this. It's from a traffic ticket ten oh. years
1: ago." How, how long Ten ago? Years Ten ago. years. Ten
10: years ago, 1998. Yes, they he couldn't go, go to his figure. house
1: and and uh, bother him um, <laughs> for a traffic <laughs> ticket that that's that old. I mean, they couldn't um, send him a letter.
2: Oh
10: man. <laughs> I know. And you know maybe I don't know the circumstances. Maybe you know they sent him a letter. I don't know. All I know is this from ten years ago.
2: Mm. And you know, did they? So, how much? How much force did they apply to him? How much, How scary did they, they sound?
10: They slammed him against right.
2: my car. And all yes. for a non-violent offense, right. and they know all about yes. it. And they get their kicks. They get their rocks off doing something like that to a guy. When they could have just reasonably gone up to him and said, hey, you know, you've actually got an outstanding warrant. Uh, yeah, they know, could for... have been
10: very calm. I mean, oh. you know, no big deal. So... Right, but
1: they want him to react badly. That way, yes. they, you know, they yes. can right. react even worse. And the, he it, was Cops, he cops have completely
10: gone am I'm just going to work, you know, like, I didn't know I had a warrant, you know, why would I know I have a you warrant, know, I don't right.
1: know. Right, right, they've gone from so, peace officers, you know, to protect the peace to these sort of escalation experts who, uh, you know, know all the little buttons to push and how to get a person to, to overreact.
0: Yes. You know, I'd definitely. like to just interrupt the story here and point out that as I understand it, I'm not a lawyer, this isn't legal advice, but as I understand it, most places in America at least... If you're a passenger in a vehicle, you are under no obligation whatsoever to present any cop with any identification That much at is all.
1: true, but the problem here is that one is a common police tactic is the guy was offering something in order to get something. Right. He was offering, well, I'll, I'll just, let you go. I'll just give you a... A warning. If we can go ahead and run your passenger's name, right. after all, he's black, and those guys have warrants. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. So that
0: way, if he hadn't have given his name up, then you might have gotten upset because then the cop would have written you a ticket. Uh, Angel, is that right?
10: And that's basically exactly how he presented it to us in a very friendly manner. I might tricky, add. <laughs>
0: tricky, tricky guy. So what happened? I mean, they took they okay, uh, arrested so your friend. Okay.
10: They're slamming him against my car. It's you know at nighttime. It's cold. I didn't even have a coat on. So, oh. you know, I asked the officers, I said, you know, could you shut my passenger door? It's cold. And he immediately was like, no, you know, and he's like yelling at me. He's like, no, we're not shutting that door. I'll be back. And I'm like,
0: we don't owe okay. you anything, little missy. You're harboring a fugitive.
10: <laughs> yes, that's exactly how they were behaving. Exactly. So this psycho cop goes back to my car and just starts Ramaging through everything in my car. And I'm like, Excuse me, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't have the right to search your vehicle. And I said, No, you do not. No, you do not. I said, This is my car. I did not do anything wrong. I did not break any laws. And at that moment, he grabs my purse,
5: which Uh is sitting on the
10: floor. Uh I grab it back from him. And as I grab it back from him, he opens my armrest. And so I shut my armrest and I'm like, what are you doing? And he said, you know, I have the right to search your vehicle. You know, you had a felon in your car. A you know, oh. felon? So are- Hold on. It's a,
1: Maybe traffic- after 10 years, a, felony. a felony or something. How did a traffic, get- traffic ticket get to be a felony?
10: I don't even know how a traffic ticket gets a warrant, first of all. So I'm kind of confused about that, truthfully. Um, <sighs> so he continues to, he then tries to open my ashtray, which is closed. So I put my hand up against it, and I said, no, you are not. Opening my ashtray, and he to reach for the glove box. I said, no, sir, you are not searching my car. This is my car. You do not have the right to search it. You are not searching my car.
5: Good for you. Excellent.
10: And he, at that moment, the kind officer comes up to my window with my warning, and <laughs> he says to the guy, you know, what's, you know, what's going on? He said, like, did you find anything? And the uh, officer, the bad cop, I'll call him, he says, no, I don't find anything, but me some comment as if like i was not cooperating
5: mm-hmm. uh-huh.
10: and uh so the nice officer says ma'am do you have any illegal drugs or concealed weapons in your car and i said no and he said okay well you know he looks at the other cop, he says let her go she didn't do anything so i'm thinking okay got a nice cup bad cup being <laughs> okay i'm dealing with this so he gets out of my car because he's inside of my car right? right in my car and he shuts the door He goes,
0: and he opens my back door. Jeez, Unbelievable. Angel, I I, I want you to finish the story. Hang on. We're going to bring you back for the rest of this. 800-259-9231. You can comment on this. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Tell us uh, your police encounter. Just another awful, awful situation. And uh, we'll get the rest of your moments with Angel. You can take control. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. Thank goodness those guys are out serving and protecting us, right? Right? This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's there are for free, so enjoy those, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, get them right there on the front page of the website. Uh, free for the download at freetalklive.com.
1: Free Talk Live is brought to you by our uh, good friends at SACL CAI. They purchase charged-off receivables, they do early out billing and they do collections. And they do it in a whole new way. They collect with respect. SACL CAI. You can check out their banner at freetalklive.com. Consider it a personal favor using them. freetalklive.com.
0: Well, yes, and they get the job done as well. They're very good. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of SACL, we actually have one of their employees on the line, uh, An- uh, Angie, rather. Excuse me. A- An- Angel. Angel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my pro- My apologies. Angel is back on with us now. Angel, last night you were pulled over by the police. You had a friend in the car with you uh and the cops they said they were going to give you just a warning as long as y'all came back and uh, checked out clean no warrants nothing like that turns yeah. out your friend had a warrant for uh from 10 years ago when he allegedly didn't pay like a ticket of some sort
10: yes yeah, so a traffic ticket
0: and so the police then went into uh just violent mode and started roughing up your friend, arresting him, and during that process, one of the cops began poking around inside your car, starting trying to open uh, open up various different uh, comp- uh, compartments, and you asserted yourself, and you said, excuse me, I don't give you permission to be here. He claimed he had the right to search... But even though he claimed that, you still continued to rebuff his efforts, and uh, you demanded he get out of your car. He did pull out from the front seat, and then you were about to continue the story when he uh, opened up your, uh, your, I guess, the back seat door.
10: Yes, he opened my back passenger door, and at that moment, I'm screaming at him, like, you know, get out of my car. You have no right to search my car. And at that moment, you know, the good cop is still standing here at my window, and he told them, okay, she didn't do anything, let's go type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, acting very nice and kind at of that moment. And he said, ma'am, I just need you to sign this warning, and we can let you go.
2: Sign the I have to sign okay. the warning? So, that's the way it works in warning, Ohio? Yes. Hmm. Okay.
10: Which, <laughs> yeah, that's humorous in itself. However, I learned from Barry Cooper a couple things about this. As soon as you sign that warning, you have the right to go. So I grabbed it, you know, signed the warning, and he says we have a few questions for you. But at the exact <laughs> moment when I handed him that paper, I put my car in drive.
5: What, and what about your friend? He handed me
10: the ticket and said we have a few, few questions for you, and I said sorry, sir, I'm gonna I gotta go, and I drove away. Wow! But awesome. I'm pretty sure at that exact moment that's when my good cop was about to go bad cop on me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. no doubt.
10: Um, wow! It, it gets a little actually funnier than that. So Good for I you, by
0: the way. I mean, congratulations to you for, number one, asserting your right to be free from unreasonable search. Uh, and, and making it very clear to those cops, even when they were trying to search you, uh, continuing to refuse that, that was really, that was very brave of you. And then to, to pull away after that fact, um, uh, someone else might've just asked, you know, uh, well, am I free to go now? Uh, in which case they would probably have to answer in the affirmative. Uh, but you just went ahead and, uh, and did it. So go ahead with your story.
10: Which again, I learned from very good words. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> um, so I pulled away, and, you know, I, so I completely took a different way home, opposite of where these cops are still sitting, you know, arresting my friend. Um, you know, they had everything pulled out from his pockets, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I went and, you know, made sure everything was okay waited a little bit. I went to the sheriff's station where he was, and I'm like, it's a traffic ticket. It's got to be cheap. I'm going to bail him out. So I go there. Ten years later. Out.
0: Now, I bet you there's a little interest on that.
10: Yeah, oh, yes, there was, definitely. His $80 ticket was up to $200 and some dollars. But That's 200 still not a and some dollars, that's what we went through. That's, it's ridiculous, actually. Um, so I go there, and as I'm you know, pulling up and starting to walk in, they're walking him out in handcuffs. And I'm like, mm. this is 9 o'clock at night. You know, something, where are they going? And I said, you know, am I too late to bail him out? He just got here. And he said, no, we've been called away to an emergency, and he has to go with us. Because we cannot leave him here. It's a police station. <laughs> so
0: this is like a small town where there's no one there, basically?
10: There of other people there. That's what was kind of humorous to me about it. So they took my friend in their car, handcuffed. Um, the poor guy. They proceeded to walk around my car with a flashlight looking inside of my car. I didn't say anything. I just stood there for a second. He said, "We'll be back in just a little bit. We have, you know, we have this emergency. We have to go to." So they go to this actual crime that's being committed. Yeah, arrest this guy, put him in the back seat with my friend. Nice. Who's you know, not like there wow. for a traffic ticket?
2: So a violent and, criminal, probably versus your friend.
10: Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and then bring them back to the police station and, and they finally let me, you know, post bond and let me go. But I mean, that's just amazing to me the whole situation that happened, and not to mention that they put my friend who's arrested on traffic, a traffic ticket warrant, I guess, in with a criminal. I mean, mm. someone that they went to go arrest for well, an emergency. And, and the
1: other funny part about it is is that they took the time to uh, mosey around your vehicle, um, checking it out for any problems when they were well, on they had an had emergency crime call. being committed. Yeah. yeah. They had a nine one
0: one call. call. Yeah.
10: Yes, exactly, exactly.
0: Wow, that's an amazing story, Angel. So, what's your fr- <laughs> what's going to happen with your friend here? Is he uh, he's got to go to a court date or something?
10: Yeah, he was. He's already paid it, you know, because we paid the bond, which was the ticket and everything. He just has to appear. I'm assuming so the judge could yell at him. Yeah. For maybe not paying his ticket ten years ago, but wow, that's a, He just has to pay. And the, and the lady, you know, who was uh, you know signing us out and stuff, she even said she's like. Oh, you just have to appear or else they'll issue another warrant.
0: <laughs> yes, they will. So um what? I
10: don't know because at this point he owes them no money.
0: <laughs> well, for failure to appear is what it
10: would be. Right. F- failure so, to obey
2: their demands. And I, I wonder oh, right. if uh, they would be searching to try to find a search warrant for your car or something like that in the meantime, you know? No, I don't so think so. It's, it's pretty possible,
10: unlikely. however...
0: They'd have uh-huh. to they'd have to have some sort of probable cause or, or something like that to in yeah. order to get that warrant. Of course, but, it depends on the leeway of the judge. A lot of times. Good know. for you, and you know it's it's great that you work for an employer like Jason uh, SACL C A I, where he's gonna uh, you know applaud you for standing up to the yeah. police, whereas many other employers would be uh, frightened to death of what you did.
10: Yes, I'm uh, without seeing Barry Cooper's videos, I don't know if I would have just been scared and and let them do whatever they wanted, thinking that they had the right to. And, you know, all um, it
0: takes is a little knowledge, though. I mean, a little bit of knowledge pl- combined with a bit of courage can really go a long way when it comes to standing up against these uh, out-of-control <laughs> government thugs. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Angel. We really appreciate no the story from you. And, you know, um, Mark, since you doubted that a traffic ticket could turn into a felony, let me read to you what might happen to me if I don't pay this parking ticket. This is from from uh, Brad Jardis, one of the New Hampshire Law Enforcement Against Prohibition officers. He just emailed me on this. He said, uh, what a municipality can do to someone if they don't respond to a parking ticket is issue them a must-appear summons to district court. Then, if you don't show up in court, or you show up and are found guilty and refuse to pay the fine, the DMV can suspend your license if you don't show up, or the court can order it suspended. For a sus- parking ticket, they can dis- suspend your license? That's what he's saying. He says, uh, or the court can order it suspended if you fail to pay. Now, even though you do not have a New Hampshire license, your driving privilege in the state will be suspended. Get caught three times driving after suspension, and you become a habitual offender. Get caught driving once after that, and you'll do up to seven years instead prison. Wow. 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 Mandatory at least one year is what I would have to do. Wow. That's amazing. So...
1: So When it comes to that, you pay that $5 ticket. (laughs) (laughs)
0: If you don't respond, they don't take too kindly to that. 1-800-259-9231. The question, though, will be uh, will they respond to my request for a response? Bradley, way to go. They probably won't. They're probably going to ignore me. But we will keep you informed and in the loop. And also... Take your calls about whatever you want to talk about. 800-259-9231. Carl's coming up. Rob in Georgia. Your calls about anything goes if you make them. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month. And get some cool bonuses at (laughs) amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything toll free, 800 259 9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. Vanguard. And Mark. 1 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female Listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. So enjoy the shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. Come And uh, if you are a lady listener, we would love to have your picture submitted to the Shrine. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Angel Woods will send her picture in if she's still listening, which would be fantastic. So, shrine.freetalklive.com. March 12th through the 15th is the 56th running of the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Presented by Fresh from Florida. The world's fastest sports cars will battle for 12 hours on the famous Sebring Road Course. For tickets and information, call 1-800-626-RACE. That's 800 race or visit sebringraceway.com. March 12th through the 15th. Don't miss it.
1: If you need a recommendation, I had a really great time when I went. and I that wish I could go awesome. again.
0: Let's go to your phone calls. Carl in Montreal, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there.
7: Hey. Um, there's kind of a bit of old news, but it came to me in the uh, mail today, a newsletter about Benazir Budo. I don't know. There was a video, I guess, on the Internet from her interview before she was assassinated on the David Frost show, I guess it aired in England. And the BBC clipped out the part of her interview. But in in this interview, she said that Bin Laden has been dead since 2002. And how how does she know? Uh, I guess because she was you know had ties to the you know she was she formerly she is prime in minister. Pakistan. And uh, she said that the same people who were plotting to kill her had killed Bin Laden in 2002, and he was dead. And all of this was a sham to keep the war going. And I guess they they clipped out the parts where she they said uh, that where she said that he was been killed, you Mm. know, and he's dead. And all of this was a lie. I guess a hoax. Mm. Interesting. But you know, just why did they clip it out? And then I guess it was you know the interview. The full interview is on the internet.
1: You know, uh, Um, John McCain's uh, running. Basically, uh, you know, one of the things that he said is. I'll find Bin Laden and I'll track him down and we'll bring him to justice. What a bunch of so nonsense! They're still using Bin Laden to uh, get stuff. Right? He's well, he's scary. I mean, he's yeah. the
0: only real. I mean, he's the only terrorist of any name, so-called terrorist that uh, Americans are aware of. He's the only one with McCain, name McCain
2: says he'd go right to the gates of hell, which uh you know I wouldn't mind for a lot of the things he's done to the u s Constitution and i I don't even think the Constitution went far enough for freedom, but uh, yeah you know that that'd be interesting if you can find that information uh, that's really fascinating uh, you know it just it just bolsters everybody's theory that this is all you know all a big put up thing and the CIA setting people up, bringing people down, setting up the warfare welfare state. Uh, even more.
7: Hey, Carl. I guess just in this her is... interview, huh? I guess in her interview, I, I'm quote. I'm reading what she what she said. I guess translated. I know how Osama bin Laden was killed. I know who did it and why. You know. But and so, probably, how
0: long after that interview was she assassinated?
7: Uh, I guess like a month later. It was done. This interview was November second, two thousand seven. And this is
2: verifiable.
7: Well, yeah, um, verifiable, and people can go on there. I just want somebody. You know, if they can look for the video probably on YouTube. I heard it was on Power of Prophecy, but it's on some other websites. And they can watch the video, the unedited version, and see that she said this. But then you look at the BBC version, it's this part is edited out.
1: Well, um, maybe they edited it out to avoid confusion. I I know that, uh, know, know that uh, that one of the claims is that she messed up and really meant to say Danny Pearl. So, mm, you it's know, I had a big
0: mistake. I guess.
1: It, it is. But, you know, it's not like I've never made mistakes in the air while sure. talking live and mm. said the wrong name and and you know said the exact opposite of what I meant to say. I guess the problem is she's not around to ask if she messed up. No, nope. Right? Nope, they shot her. Hey, Carl, uh, just as an aside,
0: I got an email in from somebody during one of the breaks because I'd mentioned that you were coming on the air here shortly. And the individual apparently lives up there in Canada, and you have been having trouble. Uh, you're in, de- in some sort of an immigration detention facility, and this gentleman had offered to help you out uh, oh. in some way. So he I mean, was... I,
7: if he can. I mean, Well, I what he was what he looking to do, do is have did... you
0: give uh, some contact info over the air if you yeah. felt comfortable with that. Okay. Uh, whatever the best way to contact you is, uh, go right ahead and do that.
7: I'll give the phone number here to the Immigration Detention Center. The area code is 450 the number six six one forty two sixty seven. 661-4267. What you do is call the Immigration Center and say you're looking for Carl the American or Carl Moleskowitz is my last name. And they will, you know, he can give his phone number. They'll write down a message. they will give me a slip with a number on it. And then um,
0: You'll call him back. they
7: can call. There I can go. call him back with a phone card. Great. Or if he has an 800 number, I can call for, you know.
0: I'm sure he'll be getting in touch, and thanks for the call tonight, Carl. Good luck, sir. 800-259-9231. Carl's collecting those uh, 800 numbers. We continue <laughs> with Rob in Georgia on the Ampline. Hello, Rob. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Great, super. Hey, What's on your mind?
9: Oh, well, I see I called during the the uh, weekly Gardner-Goldsmith Geek Fest. Yes. <laughs> uh,
0: although
9: I guess you haven't you haven't geeked out yet, but I'm sure somebody will talk about reversing the polarity of the neutrons. Oh before the my nightfall.
2: god, man, you rock, <laughs> Third Doctor. Way to go. Get your sonic screwdriver, baby.
9: There you go. So uh, I was wanting to comment on some stuff that uh, you guys talked about on Saturday night.
5: Okay, sure. Uh,
9: Carla called in and said that they were, I guess, listening to the Market for Liberty and their impression was that the suggestion was to outreach to the intellectuals, to convert the intellectuals. Um, yeah, that
0: was their impression, I and I did not believe that that was actually what the book was suggesting. I, as I pointed out, that, the book was, I think, pointing out the process, that I, how ideas are delivered and distributed uh, from the intellectuals to the conveyor belts to the rest of society. I think you just simply misinterpreted it. But your thoughts?
9: Well, you know, I haven't, I haven't actually listened to the audio book yet that's on my list. But the thing that I was thinking about is that this is a very common sort of attitude among libertarians. I, I believe that uh, the emphasis is on the, the intellectuals and, as Mark likes to call them, the respectables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, think that, I think that to a large degree we have been somewhat myopic, because I look at the, the libertarian movement as being like any other sort of religious movement. It's basically you're telling people this is a process and methodology, which is a better way to live. That's what a religion is. Um, now, it's a much narrower in scope sort of thing, but the, but I think that a lot of the processes uh, are very similar. And when you look at these successful ideas, successful sorts of religions, they didn't propagate through uh, appealing to the intellectual or the ruling class because they, the the, the ruling class, are the people who have who are most vet in keeping things the way that they are. Yes, right.
1: and they so, are the problem. <laughs> right.
9: Exactly. And since the ruling class has essentially set up the modern system of intellectuals, you, that's a tough road to hold. You're talking about having people essentially work against their own uh, short-term best interest. In a yeah. Lot, in a lot of cases, so you know, it's really that's that's really a very difficult kind of thing to try to
2: do. I don't know if it, the, these terms go together, man. But uh, in a way, what we've got on, on the internet and in radio and things like that, uh, and, and with blogs and websites, is it's almost populist intellectualism or intellectual populism, where uh, the intellectual elites are ensconced in in the universities. They're very well connected with the with the government, with grants, uh, the media. You know, they're regulated. Uh, but around here in the unregulated nooks and crannies, it seems like, you know, intellectual ideas can sift out to people in, in certain ways and, and people latch on to each other. I mean, you've connected with us. We've connected with you. Uh, clearly, you're an intellectual. And, and it's uh, it's very interesting to see how there's almost a new underground intellectual movement.
9: Yes. Well, um, Hans um, Hermann Hoppe referred to them as the anti-intellectual intellectuals. <laughs> um, yeah and 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 I I definitely like that sort of that point of view and and I think that, that it's very important that those are the people who need to be outreached to and that's that that is one of the great things about the internet because you really can't tell who those people are until until you throw the ideas out there and see who who hooks into the line essentially. Mm-hmm. There's uh, it's not it's not the sort of process that you you know who the traditional intellectual is, they're working at the universities, they make themselves very apparent. Yeah. It is the it is those sort of underground intellectuals that you don't know about and those are actually the people who you have to convert and and you also have to convert the masses. I
5: right. mean That's any
9: sort of any sort of intellectual movement well any sort of moral movement, which is really the way I view this it does you have to appeal to the people who are basically being most harmed by the prevailing moral theories
2: well you know Absolutely. it's interesting uh, on on my show i 've actually had conversations with the management, and they say, Look, you know uh, y- you have to try to do something to bring in people that are you know not as intellectual as, as you know your typical conversation might be in your philosophical circles and I say okay so so what i've done is I tried to pepper the show with uh, occasional you know, popular issues and so on and try to draw the lessons out of them. Let's but come back, it's back with tough. more of this.
0: Hang on, guys. 800-259-9231. We will talk to you about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The cycle CAI Toll-Free Line. Uh, That's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the show, then shop with us. You can do it in two ways. One, you can buy some great Free Talk Live branded merchandise at our store. Go to store.freetalklive.com. Grab yourself Free Talk Live t-shirts, hats, hoodies. We've also got other things like the uh, Free Talk Live lighter bottle opener combo, uh, as well as the DVD Classic Archive collector sets and more, all at store.freetalklive.com. For everything else you need to buy... Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. When you start your shopping experience through that link, FreeTalk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So you can get anything from new items to used items to uh, Gardner Goldsmith's book. Hey, all right. Thank you. Which is called Live Free or Die, by the way. Yes. Uh, you can do all that at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And feel good, because not only are you getting a great deal, but FreeTalk Live is getting a cut. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Back to Rob in Georgia on the Ampline. Rob, you're talking about how uh, that in the, the libertarian movement, there seems to be an, a, a very strange focus on trying to uh, recruit new libertarians from the uh, from the respectables, from the uh, from the intellectuals. And what you're pointing out is that the direction libertarians and liberty lovers should go is to recruit from the regular folk and the anti-intellectual intellectuals, as you were uh, d- discussing earlier. And I, I have to agree completely, and a lot of the con uh, the conflict inside the libertarian party, for instance, which is one of the reasons why I no longer am really interested in involving myself with them, is over issues like, well, should we uh, should we talk about the war on drugs anymore? Because, you know, talking about the war on drugs makes us seem like that's our only issue, and it turns so many people off. And it seems to me like the people that the uh, the war on drugs as is an issue, re-legalizing drugs, the people that that would turn off are not the kinds of people... That we want to be recruiting. They are the respectables. They are the ones that are comfortable. They aren't the ones that are getting, you know, having their sons and daughters arrested uh, every single day for uh, for minor drug possession charges or dealing charges. And it just it's just a lot of uh, much, you know much ado over uh, over really these issues that uh, I, I think are very important. And people are saying, well, we just need to put them on the sideline here and forget about them. Uh, that's where a lot of the conflict comes in, and I think it's uh, it's misplaced. I think that we really should be uh, targeting the average folks. Any other thoughts?
9: Yes, that's, well, you know, the thing is, we know we know that um, the reason why people have concentrated so much on those sorts of intellectuals is because that is the class that the people who came up with a lot of these ideas are from. So that's most of the people who they were most comfortable with speaking to. So that's why they they do what they do. Now, the thing is, I think that the um, the Free State Project can actually have a lot of impact in this arena because one of the things which the libertarian movement has kind of missed is that um, there has not been any sort of layperson tradition in the same sense that a lot of other, other movements have. And, and what, what successful sorts of movements like this really need to have, I think, is a community, because you don't need just that high-level intellectualism. That is important, but you also need the sort of everyday applied intellectualism that ordinary people engage in. That's really what converts the masses. It's from one ordinary person to another ordinary person.
2: Well, that's yeah, a great no point, doubt. Rob. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you know, you think about that when people start to see that. Uh, when they, when, for example, when people start to see Ron Paul as a guest on the Tonight Show, or they start to see the the free uh, the Free State Project. Uh, having gatherings and people getting together uh, on a local level, uh, that, really, that really draws people in to say, oh, you know, maybe there's residents. At least they'll be more open to hearing some ideas, you know? Absolutely.
0: I think one of the reasons why the Libertarian Party has been, I guess it's been distancing itself from the Free State Project is, and what's going on here in New Hampshire, probably because they are looking to appeal to those intellectual types, and they just don't like the idea of people really putting their boots on the ground and doing something that's making a difference. For whatever reason, they they, they, they just haven't they haven't endorsed the Free State Project. It gets very little coverage in the Libertarian Party's newsletter. I mean, it, to, if you looked at the Libertarian Party's uh, publications, you would never even know the Free State Project existed if, it, if they weren't advertising in them, and I don't even know if they're advertising with them anymore.
2: You know, one of the things that I, I do think is important... However, is for those people who want to drive this sort of thing to make sure that they continue to push some of the some of the theoretical, some of the some of the uh, the uh, the learning, the, the lineage and heritage of learning that has come around in the past. Because I find, for example, I work with a guy. Uh, on the air who uh tries to identify himself with the libertarians he ran as a libertarian in connecticut or something like that and and you know it's important to get together and work to, with people who have commonalities to try to pull down some bad laws and get rid of the state and that sort of thing but uh this guy embraces so many economic fallacies that sometimes it's more dangerous when he speaks about economics than it is positive when he speaks about uh, you know disliking taxation or regulations or whatever. You know, this is so Stefan
1: will news uh, uh, essentially his argument against Ron Paul. Um, you know really he, yeah essentially he says the same thing that Ron Paul is dangerous because it's a diluted libertarian message um, or diluted not no state message at all um, that you mm. know he that, mm. in fact he is more dangerous to the libertarian me- uh, message than you know having no one speak at all
2: wow that's fascinating well this guy I guess I guess every situation I guess you have to take uh, as it goes I don't I don't have a problem with Ron Paul Ryan. I don't know I, you know <laughs> I'm, I'm a I'm a I market certainly don't cheer, have a problem. but uh, I know.
0: disagree with Mul on that one I I see where he's coming from um, and I'd love to have you chime in, Rob. Do you think that uh, that Ron Paul doing more damage to the libertarian movement or helping the libertarian movement?
9: I think he, I think he helps the libertarian movement. I think there's a difference between actually obtaining uh, the coercive power of the presidency and with the campaign. Um, the campaign itself, I believe, has generated a lot of positive. It's, it's gotten a lot of messages out to people who ordinarily would not, hear those messages. So, yeah, Some of those people are going to get frustrated, but I would bet that at least that more than one person will move to New Hampshire, for example, Absolutely. as a result of his candidacy. And I really do think that developing that sort of a community with a liberty mindset is actually critically important, a lot more important than maybe some people realize it. And not just to have freedom in that area. I think it's actually important for the for the proliferation of those ideas in general.
0: Absolutely because the more uh people that are of like mind in the same place, there are, you know, that you get in t- together, the more legitimate the ideas become. I mean, if it, if you're just a lone lunatic standing on a soapbox on the side of the you know, the side of the street in some uh, urban area shouting out your ideas, you're going to look like a nutcase. <laughs> Do case. you mean like
1: that picture that you have of the newspaper? You, uh, what me uh, with the anti-tax sign <laughs>
0: yeah yeah
1: if you like that then no one's gonna think I thought that. that was a
2: good picture
0: i'm surprised you've even seen that uh gardner we're talking about from like years ago right mark you're talking about like, yeah, yeah i'm order. talking about it I, I'm,
2: I haven't seen it no I'm
0: sure you can imagine
2: although i did i did see you uh supporting julia which is a very That's true. Shot. There
0: was more than me uh, supporting Julia, thank yeah. goodness. But yes, the, I mean the idea is if it's just you, then people are going to brush you off as a crazy. But if it's a bunch of people talking about, hey, we need change, it's time to actually move ahead and advance this uh, civilization, advance mankind into a uh, into a world of voluntary interaction, if that's being echoed in different areas, you're hearing it on television, you're hearing it on the radio, it's it's online, it's in the streets, it, then it becomes a movement. Then it really tangibly becomes something people can point to and say, huh, you know, I've always thought that way, and I thought I was the only one. Look, there's a whole group of people here. So I agree completely, Rob. It's really important to get liberty out. Activists together, it,
1: and it, you know, it can really resonate very, very soundly with people. Um, on Sunday, I was uh, working out of the house, and some FS peers came along, and there's this uh, fellow named JJ who um, heard about Free Talk Live through the uh, the Ron Paul, Ron Paul campaign. Yeah, and he, you know, he heard an interview. He started listening to Free Talk Live. He, you know, we talked about the Free State Project, and and he sort of uh, understood, you know, for the first time in his life, heard messages that made sense with the way he thought. And uh, he's like, well, I have to get involved. The guy signed up for the Free State Project and moved within six weeks. This was the yeah. Ron Paul interview. I think we did that back in August. Yes. And yeah, he's been here.
0: Yeah, he's been here for a few months now.
1: It's incredible. So that's an exa-
0: it's an example of what you just said, Rob, is that uh, we've already got somebody here, at least one person. I, and I've heard there's another guy in Manchester who came up as part of the Ron Paul Operation Live Free or Die to get active for Ron Paul here in New Hampshire for the primary, and he just decided to stick it out and join the Free State Project and and stay here. So there's at least two guys that are already here as a result of the Ron Paul campaign. So I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that Ron Paul is a absolute net benefit for liberty. It's he's going to be the first step amongst many on this long road to liberty. That you know, I think a lot of the the market anarchists or the uh, the the voluntarists, I think they wish that there was some sort of magic bullet. That they could just, you know, zap somebody with and then have them just, you know, turn into a voluntarist overnight.
1: Stefan Molnou has that magic bullet. Oh, does he? It's the question, do you support aggression against
0: me well, it is a it is a good it's question. A good question yeah. I don't know if that's going to convert someone
1: overnight, but it's something that'll you know. Well, certainly get the them obvious thinking. answer from our voting public is yes, yes, <laughs> well, you know, yes,
2: we do. And hopefully, people will see the Ron Paul campaign. Even though, uh, if they are um, anarchists or free marketeer terrorists, they might say, you know, Ron Paul's campaign. Um, even though they're supporting the Constitution in it, uh, it's going to educate a lot of people. Maybe they'll yeah. come to our side
0: eventually. It's going in the right direction, Rob. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. 800-259-9231. Our three's coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. Features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Let's go right into your phone calls. Bring up whatever you want. Let's talk first to Kenny in Cleveland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kenny. Kenny? How are you? Hey, what's on your mind?
6: Oh, uh I'm probably the most civil disobedient person on the face of the planet.
1: What does that um, mean? It's a hell of a hell of a claim.
6: Go go out of my way to uh run all the uh, stop signs and <laughs> control lights I possibly can, but Nice. Last Friday I uh fell to the misfortune of uh, going through a speed trap at night and uh uh consequently went through a stop fared rather well in light of the fact it was a Friday night. But uh, I'm curious to know if there's anybody out there, uh, because I usually talk my way uh, pretty much out of uh, most of the fines and uh, typically all the points. But I'm curious to know if there's anybody out there that uh, is uh, better versed at this than I am and is able to actually get charges completely dismissed. Uh, so if there is, um, I'd love to get my number out and have them give me a call. Because, well, I'd just rather uh, have
0: them call the show. I mean, if, that's really, mm-hmm. if there's really somebody out there that can do that, I'd love to hear from them on the air. But why don't you uh, enlighten us as to uh, what, so what your secrets are. I mean, you claim that you can uh, talk your way out of the cops essentially uh, at, what, charging you? Or, yeah, they, well, the
6: first thing you do is uh, you, uh, you file a, a, a waiver of speedy trial and plead not guilty Uh, don't appear uh, just just send in the paperwork make it look you know correct with uh, uh, you know just the way a legal uh, docket would appear which uh, doesn't take Einstein to do that
0: so you're telling you're saying that you're supposed to waive your right to a speedy trial and plead not guilty
6: waive your right to a speedy trial and you send that in and then what they'll do is they'll set a court date at a later date uh, and mind you, now you've pleaded not guilty. Now, mm-hmm. um, and then, typically, what I'll do is, and this works almost every time, and and this is what ninety percent of the attorneys charge you three, four, five, six, seven hundred dollars to do, is you find the prosecutor as he enters the uh, room early on. So you want to get there a little earlier so you can figure out who the prosecutor is and then you approach the prosecuting and, you, and the, this is typically what i say i say uh you know uh, uh, i would be willing to uh uh plead to this thing uh if you'd be willing to knock the points off uh and uh maybe uh, a fine reduction uh and change it from speeding uh to uh Tail light out or equipment violation of some sort of that, and I see. and if you're cordial and and relatively eloquent uh, and uh, uh, you, you're dealing with them, typically they they'll go out of their way because the bottom line is they just want your money anyway.
0: Yeah. Sure, uh, and, and it's, it's less no work for them how
6: much they're going to get.
0: Well, and it's less work for them if you plea right. Mm. Parmeno, isn't it less work for them if you plea out?
6: Oh yes, it's definitely less. well, yes, it's definitely less work for them if you plea out, but um if you go all the way, th- you know, if you go to the mat with it, uh and especially uh you know against the uh uh radar or a laser mm-hmm. or uh a vascar or uh, uh odds are you're going you know you're definitely going to lose cuz the bottom line is they're going to say were you speeding? Uh and you know, you can say no to your blue in the face, but the officer's gonna say, Well, I had him clocked at, you know, forty two and twenty five, which is what I was at.
0: Now what's the what is the purpose of waiving the right to the speedy trial? Is the idea there that uh you are just it
6: it just it, it just uh it, it it makes them think. They 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 it it, it kinda it, it's it's like uh, it's like a smoke screen, so to speak they they first of all, they don't expect the common man to file uh motions uh that an attorney would file uh so it catches them off guard so the first thing that that goes through their mind and typically this is what the prosecutor tells me uh they always ask me if I'm an attorney all right
0: like who am I and, dealing with here that kind of thing right
6: right yeah. and and then uh you know I let them know that I'm not and that uh you know I've just uh, uh taken my you uh, know uh, lumps so to speak you know over the years now 50 mm-hmm. and uh, uh see how the court works and um typically in a especially in an urban area of Cleveland <clears throat> where they uh, uh you know, it's all about revenue. I, I shouldn't say Cleveland, anywhere. It's all about revenue. Yes, of course it is. Of course, it is. of course it
0: is. You know, I've got it. a suggestion for you. It's an interesting approach. Uh, and People are always looking for new ideas. And since you were looking for some new ideas, I recommend that you take a look at uh, our friend Mark Stevens. He wrote an excellent book called Adventures in Legal Land. Mm. And his approach actually involves questioning the court itself. Jurisdiction. And, and not, just the, but not just jurisdiction, but the, the, just the legitimacy of the entire court Uh, And it's a brilliant, uh, brilliant book. It's Adventures in Legal Land. Adventuresinlegalland.com is his website. And I highly recommend you take a look into that. Thank you for the call tonight, sir. 800-259-9231. I've heard rumors that uh, Mark Stevens is coming out with uh, another book. And I'm sure we'll have him back on the show uh, once that happens. He's so. a
2: fascinating guy.
0: You've had him on your yes, show, too, haven't yes, you? Yes,
2: absolutely fascinating guy.
0: I love his viewpoint. I, I think his approach is uh, is amazing. Uh, basically, the idea is, and it's been a little while since I've read his book, and I'll have to go and read it again at some point, because... Mm. It's really that good. Yeah. Uh. But uh, did he ever send you a copy, Gardner?
2: No. No, he did not.
0: Next yeah, Next time you talk I'll to him, to, ask him I'll to send you a I copy. see if I can twist
2: his arm a little bit. That would be wonderful. I'd love to read it. it. He's so, it's so much fun to talk to. You know, the only experience I ever had with anything like that was a speeding ticket. My brother's an attorney. He said, look, just plead no contest. Ask, ask him. Say, you know, you didn't think it was an unreasonable rate for the time. And uh, ask him to put it on file without a finding. And if uh, you don't have any other other problems within a year, they'll take it take it right off your record. And uh, you won't have to pay the fine. Um, and that's, you know, if you want to uh, go along with the paradigm of the uh, of the state apparatus.
0: Right. And that's what Mark Stevens is basically saying. His point is that the uh, – and it ties in with, with what Kenny was saying is that it's all about revenue. Yeah. Uh, it's all about the money. And so Mark Stevens goes in there and he just basically rips the veil right over, uh, right off of the bureaucrats. Uh, he points out that the court system is nothing more than public relations for people that are doing business at the point of a gun. Uh, these government people are essentially providing their product and service at, at, by the point of a gun. Like as Mao Zedong said, uh, you know, gov-
1: power grows from the barrel of a gun. Uh, and that's what's going on here. and so the, the whole every, purpose, But everybody in America has guns. It's the willingness to use them. Sure. It's that sort of righteous feeling that the uh, people in government have. Because, you know, if you break their laws, violent or not, they're willing to shoot you.
2: Yes, yes they are. And isn't it interesting, too, you know, a lot of times uh, people talk about the emperor's uh, new clothes. And, and how I was thinking about when we were talking about uh, Ziggy's point uh, about uh, Rhodesia and, 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 and the, the problems that have occurred with... Uh, Tribal lands and things like that, and then South Africa. And I'm fascinated by um, how governments grow, and it's basically just groups of people acquiring force, forcing others around. And then through tradition, those groups, you know, incorporations of, of towns and things like that. Uh, it's all uh, just a big facade.
0: Yeah, you're right. Tradition is a it plays a huge role in that people are brought up to believe they're told you, you know when your parents bring you up they, you know, they tell you well you've got to pay taxes and you've got to do this and you've got right, to do that. Right. well why right,
2: why
1: right exactly because it's always been that way well no n- n- not really I didn't know somebody had a claim on me I, yeah I, that's interesting yeah like, how was how was this obligation yeah, created precisely yeah. Yeah. and
0: those are some of the things that Mark Stevens uh, touches on in his book uh, and there are some ex- excerpts and he's got some articles and a uh, forum on his website. Uh, But, you know, he points out what he does when he goes into court is he sets up the, the judge with a bunch of questions, you know, questions that the judge basically has to say yes to. Am I entitled to a fair trial? Well, of course, they're going to say yes. They have to say yes to certain questions to purvey the uh, the mentality or the uh, the attitude that, oh, yeah, everything here is just peachy. Well, it's such a fair, fair trial. And, oh, of course, no, we would never, uh, there would never be a conflict of interest. And then, you know, you get them to, to admit to certain things that are supposedly fundamentals of the system. And then you throw the real hard zingers at them. Uh, And, you know, you, you get the judge to basically recuse himself because he's working for the same team that the prosecutors are working for. And there's a whole bunch of other things, but we can't cover it all here. More on the way. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever's on your mind, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. Angard and Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, including the bulletin board system. Go and get interactive with over 2,000 of our listeners, over 325,000 posts, lots to talk about, fun stuff, serious issues. You'll find it all there, bbs.freetalklive.com.
1: There's a quick and easy way to lose weight. It takes place over 11 days. You take a cleanse, and uh, you lose some weight. You can lose up to 25 pounds. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to FTLDiscount.com. You can read some real testimonials about it and find out how to order. That's FTLDiscount.com.
0: We continue with your phone calls. Talk to Fred in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, Fred.
3: Good evening, Joan. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, I want to tie two things together, the welfare state and religion. Okay. The last guy was talking about, you know, likes breaking laws. Well, I'm sorry, we are a country of laws. Our Constitution gives us the freedom to do whatever we please, but our fascist state has taken over, so that's kind of screwed that up. But anyway, getting back to religion. Our founding fathers were totally against a theocracy running this country. Mm-hmm. They were, yeah. Totally against it. Even you read Article 6, Section 3 of the Constitution, there, no, there should be no religious test, the whole political office. Mm. But One thing we have done in this country is we have allowed a theocracy to take over. It's a theocracy of, athe- of atheist, communist, socialist, environmentalist, feminist. And now wait These a people are a religion. Now they, wait a minute. I'll
1: tell you, the environmentalists certainly act like a religion.
3: Now the atheist thing religious. I've got to disagree
0: with. Of I mean, How you is do. it that the atheists have taken over the country? Everybody has to swear on the Bible to get into
1: office. Let him finish.
3: Let me finish. Uh, an environmentalist a tree is their god. They will defend their god, the tree, as well as any Christian will defend their god. And like I said, this religion has taken over our country. And our founding fathers are totally against any religion taken over our country, or theocracy. Like if you go to, to, over to the Muslim countries, if you're not a Muslim, they kill you, or they kick you out. But our founding fathers knew what religion could do. Like, look, look. You, you just look at Europe. You know how they, you know how religion was brutal. They were just as brutal as Hitler and Stalin and the rest of them. A lot of those religions over in Europe. Would you, That's why so many, so many religions came over to this country to get away to, to have religious freedom.
2: Would you dispute the claim that any ideology or religion that subsumes the right of the individual uh, to make his own decisions about his own life? Uh, is pernicious and destructive to life.
1: I don't know what pernicious
2: means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Would you would you would you would you disagree with the idea? Would you would you agree? Would you agree with the idea that any ideology or religion that um, presents hurdles in in the way of the individual making decisions about his own life? Would you agree that that is dangerous and destructive to the furtherance of life?
3: I would say, yeah, to a certain point, yeah. Okay.
2: Now, I don't see atheism as necessarily like that.
3: But they are a religion.
0: What? How is, it is that,
2: is, Fred? It's a
3: religion. It's a belief. That's, no, it's that's not. That's religion first. A religion is a belief.
0: Well, then you're wrong because atheism is the lack of belief in a uh, in a monotheistic or polytheistic god. Well, but Fred, they uh, I think and what
3: they believe. Uh, uh,
1: and... Fred, I'd pretty much agree with you that most, most atheists act like their religion, like uh, their belief system, is a religion, except for all the uh, the hoo ha that religious people go through, as far as like get up, kneel down, all that stuff at church. Atheists don't generally go to any any kind of thing like church. But of mm. the people that you mentioned, well, a lot of
3: Christians don't go to church either. Now,
1: that, right. that, that, that much is true. Uh, of the people that you mentioned. The atheists are threatening our way of life the least. Um, well,
3: then that's to leave the atheists out there. Let's right. go with the environmentalists, and the socialists, socialists, communists.
1: Right, which essentially all it's all one group because the socialists and communists have picked up the environmentalist banner anyway. Yeah, remember, you know, it's one all one thing, group because... Communism. It's all one group, Fred, because society. all
0: of them worship the state. The, the, the real religion that's of, of of a lot of danger in this country is those who believe that the state is God, and that if they could just get in control of the state, whether it be the environmentalists or the socialists or whoever it is that you you know whatever group you want to name, if they believe the state is all powerful and they are in, uh, interested in uh, in granting that power upon themselves or uh, seizing that power for themselves, then that's really the most dangerous religion of all: is the worship that- of the state.
3: And that leads me into this. I like got one more paragraph. 1935, <laughs> social critic Alfred J. Hawk wrote a book entitled Our Enemy of the State, al- which al- identifies a simple principle that few today seem willing or able to grasp. Before I start, uh, government's job is, for, is to provide a good climate so the private sector can grow and flourish. Nock argued that the state is not society and the society is not state. Society consists of free and voluntary c- creators. Producers who manifest themselves in the realm of art, culture, and commerce. The state, on the other hand, argued, "Not is nothing more than a legitimized gang of organized criminals who use the force of law to benefit themselves and their associates. Thus, the collective enemy of a free and voluntary society is the modern interventionist welfare state. The state produces no wealth of its own. Nope. It is a parasite which, if allowed to remain unchecked, will severely handicap even destroy." It's host society. Well, it can, Albert, it can never Jane be checked.
0: Yeah. It, it can never be checked uh, effectively uh, for a long period of time. And as we've seen, I mean, they tried. They tried with the constitution to put the state in check, and it just, you know, it didn't work out. And so he's absolutely right. The state is a, a very dangerous entity, and it is a, a parasite. It only, it can only take what it can steal because it cannot create wealth for itself. Great call tonight, Fred. Thanks for the call. I, yeah. You know, I
1: have to disagree with that um, because any state of lawlessness, uh, where there, there has been no state. That state hasn't worked either, and it hasn't worked for um, less time than – The absence republics. of a state can't be called
0: a state, Mark, unless you're uh, no, talking about like, – Right,
1: the state, state of, of being. Right, the state of
0: being. Well, remember
3: one thing, Joan. more people work for the government than they do in the private sector. There's yep. more people on welfare in this country yep. than there is – I, I asked me, 85% of all Americans are on welfare. Well, and you, they keep on voting for more largest. You, give me, you, give me, give
1: me. You have to qualify the statement of um, Americans uh, working for the government um, when you make it, because otherwise people will say that's not true. It
2: can that's be the indirect. welfare in the state
1: of them all. Right. There's a lot of
2: welfare in given fact, to corporations. In fact, when you you, you look at all the
1: contracts and um, that uh, companies have and and with the government and and then the people that work for those companies, you're absolutely right. Its tentacles yeah. everywhere. Real fast. Yes, sir. In for
3: 1964, Johnson's Great Society. We spent $5 trillion in this country fighting poverty from 64 to 1990. Out of that $5 trillion, 80% went to the bureaucracy and only 20% went to the little old lady. So who's yep. on welfare,
0: gentlemen? Exactly. Yeah. It's the bureaucrats that get rich. Thanks for the call, dude. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Now, Mark, what were you that saying was... about the state uh, disappearing? That's What was the
1: point you were making Well, there? the point I was making was um, you- you're saying that, that uh, a state can never be controlled. It can never be um, you know reined in. And so, therefore, it's bad and we shouldn't have one. That's the that's the statement you've made. And that's, sort of, that's history, yeah. And it's sort of the statement of uh, people that don't believe in government at all anywhere. You know what, Mark? Now, wait, 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 wait. Okay, you fine. asked a question I'd like to. I'd like to finish my statement. And my statement to that is, well, a state of you know a, a state of no state a, a state of anarchy as it were um, has never existed and it has uh, has existed but it has only existed for short periods of time and you know when when somebody comes along they create a state so therefore um, if you're using history as an example um, then you, you know what you're proposing hasn't worked either and so well, that, I actually know you're wrong about that but Gardner had a point
2: well that's that's the that's what I wanted to get to because mark I wanted to talk to you about Viking age Iceland and, let's and get to that. And and in a moment let's get to
0: that 300 years there i got 200 years 500 years uh, but we're gonna get to it in just a moment and we want to hear from you as well at 800-259-9231 one could make the argument mark that we are in a situation of anarchy today and we always are and always will be as well more coming up you can take control bring up anything this is free talk live our archives website and podcast will continue to stay free but if you think other people deserve to hear this show Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. 800-259-9231. The Seykel-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. 1-800-259-9231. And Mark one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Uh, by the way, they include the live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, both free for you. So enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. The Free State Projects Porcupine Freedom Festivals, better known as Porkfest. It's June 9th through the 15th at Porkfest. You'll be able to discover the outdoor and recreational adventures that New Hampshire has to offer, as well as expand your network of liberty-loving activists, businesses, and organizations. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at PorkFest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Now, before uh, we went away a moment ago, Mark had made his same old point about how... The old uh,
1: tired point
0: about how we've never tried real uh, real freedom, real anarchy, not having the government around, and uh, so you don't really have anything that you can point to. Uh, so we don't know if what you're proposing would work. And that's basically what you uh, had pointed out. And Gardner, you wanted to get into it with him, and I wanted to uh, make sure you had a chance to. Hey, thanks. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, no, I was just going to say, um, the, uh,
2: there are a couple under- underlying assumptions there that... <laughs>
3: <laughs> and in this corner,
1: standing hun- about six foot nine, yes, 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 about weighing about one hundred and forty-two pounds, pounds. Uh, yes. Gardner Goldsman. That's right. Watch out for
2: his bony fingers. And,
1: and in the red corner, <laughs> representing the state with perfect hair, <laughs> we Mark. Just,
2: we just H. need one of those bikini-clad girls to hold up the sign in front of the camera. You know. Uh, anyway. Uh, I was going to say, Viking Age Iceland uh, was based on the Goddard system, and it was a, it, it, you know, admittedly it was a more of a religious based system. So you have to include that, but it was a non-government system. It was a voluntary system. There was no government uh, per se, as in having laws that were forced on people. It was voluntary. You could oh, you could uh, give your fealty to any of the particular uh, master guys out there who built these temples. And you had a uh, a bundle of property rights called the Goddard. Uh, Dennis Goddard would be able to speak on this very well, I think. And um so that was an example, and they lasted uh, I think it was close to five hundred years until it got so cold they had to take off
1: now i I, I don't uh I, I don't claim to know what went on in the Icelandic system. I read a little bit about it, and
0: but I the thought there was a king of some somebody that came in and like took over. I thought they uh, yeah, but they had already sort of
2: cleared out by then. In fact, there's really? a really interesting Nova episode about what happened to them um because they were their crops were failing. It was getting really cold, Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh, so they split yeah. and
1: um the the my my contention there would be that it would seem like you know there's probably still a strong man system at work you, you know even in the in the family units if nothing else
2: well yeah i think you have to say there's probably a lot of clans clansmanship there uh, right. same thing with sort of the druidic uh, druidic irish and so on and and uh, oftentimes you do get the clans uh, forcing power on other clans, and hence you start to get the kings because they can unite the clans and things like that. So there is a tendency sometimes to go in that direction, but right. the Vikings resisted it for centuries, and uh, it was it's pretty impressive. And I think um, you know what we were discussing uh, regarding the the state or you know the, the the validity of the state and things like that. Um, I think when when you compare. The idea is of small government versus large government. You were saying, you know, to Ian's, Ian's idea is really unworkable. You're eventually going to have to have some sort of a state. Um, I, I think that the very existence of money as a means of exchange shows us that you don't need the state for peaceful coexistence. No,
1: I, I I I think. Mm, probably maybe you guys are right as far as that goes but all I'm the only contention I'm making is that um Ian saying republics don't work because the constitution has failed us and republics traditionally no, don't last No that's not that's not what I'm saying the state will grow beyond its bounds the It history is a of, dangerous monster well, no, That is I, the history I agree of the with state Ian, really
0: And uh but but the, the, the reason isn't because republics don't work the reason is because force doesn't work The reason is because force, it always results in unintended consequences, and we've seen example after example of that being absolutely truth. And, you know, was it Fred who was the caller who inspired this conversation? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, Fred brought up some really interesting historical facts, particularly about the Great Society and so on, and, and trillions of dollars that were spent there. Uh, but in addition you to that, like there You sound like was you're
1: some, getting off track here. I'd still like to, there com- to compare some, and contrast well, yeah, this Yeah, I was uh, going to say there
2: were some underlying premises that, uh, for example, he talked about very early in, in the uh, in the quote, and people can listen back online uh, afterwards, but um, uh, very early on in his, conver- in his call, he talked about how the Constitution guaranteed our freedoms... Uh, It actually doesn't guarantee all our freedoms. Uh, Otherwise, we wouldn't have a constitution. We could guarantee our own freedoms. It it restricts certain freedoms for us uh, and offers protection for other freedoms. Um, If we were totally free, the Constitution, we wouldn't need the the Constitution. The Constitution restricts us in certain ways. How does it do uh, that exactly? I thought it restricted the government. It restricts restricts the government. It, It does itself restrict the government, but the very existence of the Constitution implies that people who come afterwards are going to be living under the Constitution. It's this this eternal question of, does the government uh, apply to those people who never agreed to it? Well, of so course it not. It, uh, it can't exactly. possibly
0: restrict me because I didn't put my name on You didn't agree to it. Well, you didn't it, give your it consent. it does apply to you. Well, see, this no, it is, doesn't. This well, somebody's going to apply it to your body. It, well, then applies, that's different. Well, that's, that's the problem. Then, and then a, that's someone using force on me. Right, right. If you if, if the Which Constitution
2: is, were really, uh, really the Constitution of a free society, then everyone who was born into this society would, at a certain age, have the right to either sign on and agree yes. to it or
0: leave. Which leads me to where I wanted to go, and that was... The uh, the argument that one could make that uh, we're always in a state of of anarchy yeah. and that the that the government is essentially the uh, the current what people want is what they're getting right people are uh, so indoctrinated into the idea that the government is necessary and that government is good and so that's what they're getting the people get the government they deserve is what they say so the the uh, the market activists here in in Keene we we're uh, meeting yesterday. Uh, We're talking about different things, and it it came up again, and and, uh, there's a guy up here named Menno who's come up with a new term, and I
1: like this. I didn't get to contrast my republics and how long they've lasted We've got another 20 minutes. The the whole airtime is getting monopolized by the... uh, We've got another 20 minutes. Look, I'm going to make this
0: point here about uh, his new concept, and that is instead of telling people, well, we want to get rid of the government, which scares people to death, his suggestion is, and I like this idea, And I want to hear what you think, uh, both of you. Uh, His suggestion is that we transition to suggesting to people that we change from an authoritarian model of government to a voluntary model of government. Oh, that's nice. Uh, That way you're just sort of shifting the focus from the real problem to a a, a possible solution as opposed to telling people you're going to take away uh, the government. Just, look, you can have your government services. Just start offering them on a voluntary basis instead of being coercive. And and,
2: and 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 it's a nice, subtle way to get that emotional side of what Mark said earlier in the previous hour of – would you force me would you would you you know come to me and force me to and do this and most people to do wouldn't that? Most it's, people wouldn't. That's
0: very interesting. Now, Mark, interesting. you were sort of, uh, you are blowing up, I think, a little bit more. Uh, you suggested before that the voters were saying, yes, they would force you. But that's not true. That's not what they are voting for. They're voting for a candidate, usually one of which they think is going to do the least damage. In fact, I heard of a poll, and it was just, I heard of it. I don't know where it was done or if it was scientific. But, uh, but 80% of respondents said they would vote for none of the above if it was on the ballot for the national election. So... It's not that they really want these guys, it's just they don't have any other options. So if you were to actually ask somebody in person if they would hurt you, most of them are going to say no, because they would never do something like that.
1: Anyway, Mark, go ahead. Well, it, it, it seems like there's a, there's a big mania over uh, Barack Obama, those people, uh, and, and basically supporting Barack Obama is supporting uh, uh, you know, a, a socialism. A, and, yeah. and by the way, a very liberal sort of um, you know, modern socialism. I've, uh, I've come up, by the way, with a, a new tagline, Barack Obama. Like Jimmy Carter, only black. Because it's going to be about that successful of a uh, presidency. It's going to be a mess. Anyway, um, as to uh, how long... uh it, it, uh, medieval Iceland's uh, non-government lasted, and, and whether and how non-government w- it was, we don't have a really great written history of it. True. So right, right. Um, I know that y- it is the it is the pinnacle for uh, of you know that's historical arguments for the uh, the anarchists out there that uh, you know oh they love to put it up on a pedestal, and I don't know. I am somewhat skeptical of, as to whether or not it would fit into the model of uh, anarchy or not. But if you start, if you can claim that that's an and anarchy, and I don't know um, then I should be able to claim all of ancient Roman history as a republic, although only two or three hundred years of it was really a republic or you know, how about ancient Greece, even though the authoritarians took over there too? Uh, Magna Carta was signed with sixteen eleven maybe no, that was uh, the the Bible before the King James
0: more Bible. history with Mark here in moments eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up anything via the toll-free number. Even in these remaining moments, still enough time for your call. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL-CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. ingard And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those. On us, those other radio talk show hosts, except Gardner, Want to charge you for mon- uh, for uh, their features on their website? I just get them to buy my book. That's all. That's right. That's all I want. And they should. <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things about it. I've nice. yet to actually pick it up myself. I'm Thanks. in the middle of uh, a book by a free stater right now called yeah. Complete Liberty yeah. uh, by Wes Bertrand, and I'm moving slower than I'd like to. Uh, but anyway,
1: uh, go to. <laughs> Wasn't that given us to, uh, to us at the last Pork Fest, the one before last? Yes. Yeah, it's sitting on my pile too. God, I need to read it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, yeah, uh, what was I saying? FreeTalkLive.com, free stuff, enjoy, okay? And, oh, if you like the show, then amp the show. Go to amp.freetalklive.com, become a Free Talk Live amplifier, as have done over 400 of our listeners. It makes a big difference to us to have that three bucks a month coming in from you. We take it in, reinvest it in the show, turn it right back around, and get more radio stations on board with the program. I got a verbal agreement from a program director today. He says he's going to start us this weekend, but I haven't gotten the, the you know the signature on the line yet, so I don't want to jinx it. I can't tell you who it is or where it is, but uh, we'll be announcing that soon. And it's all because of the amplifiers. Uh, so head over to amp.freetalklive.com if you want to help us out there. You'll get perks too, like the amp only call in line, chat room, and forum. All the details. At amp.freetalklive.com Now Mark were you uh, making
1: a point Because I want to make sure you had a chance Well I was making the point that uh, You know we were talking about How long republics have lasted And how long uh, stateless societies have lasted And and I was saying that if you can use The example of Iceland Which I believe to be a little uh, A little loose As far as a a stateless society Well what about Somalia? um, How long has it made it now? Well, it hasn't really made
0: it yet, because the UN is constantly trying to foist and new governments on them.
1: You would you, you don't really, in Somalia, probably have a choice as to who your leader is. You've got warlords there that, that exact some sort of control. I'll grant you, you don't have states with paperwork and taxes and all that other stuff, but I suspect if uh, the warlords guys come along, you pay your taxes pretty quick, um, or you wake up dead. The... Um, which is really, you know, all a government is is a bunch of thugs with guns, and, you know, depending on how they uh, go about extracting their money is how, you know, much more or less civilized they are. Mm-hmm. I was saying yeah. that... I've uh, heard
0: some of the warlords are alright, guys, but anyway. I'm sure they are. <laughs>
1: when you got a title of warlord, you know, you, you don't have far to step up to nice guy status. Right. I, I think it's mean...
2: All I can do is think of that Phil Hartman, Bill Clinton Saturday Night Live thing in the McDonald's where he had gone jogging for like two feet, and then he went into a McDonald's, and he ate everybody else's food. He's like trying to show them what Somali was like. It's like, and this food to take about warlords and he eats it himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
1: I have no idea. Anyway, but, uh, start his track, yeah. So I was saying that if we can use that fast, loose definition, that to use, I should be able to use ancient Rome and ancient Greece even though they, after two or three hundred years, both of them, even um, less in some cases, they descended into uh, more authoritarian uh, rules so, yeah, rather than the republics. And then I mentioned that the Magna Carta was uh, signed in the 1600s and it's not. It was uh, 1215 for the Magna Carta but it was issued three different times right. and then I made... Right. Another really unfactual statement about the <laughs> King James Bible, which was—I uh, thought it was. Uh, so out what in the hell do you know about a stateless society? It was in fact 1611, but and, but and but there was nothing. Just impeached yourself. I, I do yeah. think
2: that empirically, there there are a couple things that need to be noted about your observations. One is you're you're right about uh, trying to ascribe certain labels to ancient Rome or Greece or uh, things like that, Athens and, and Sparta and things like that. Uh, but uh, those are done to one's detriment because of the existence of evidence to the contrary. Whereas there is not evidence to the contrary, there is a lack of evidence, as you say, to fully support the claims of some of the uh, anarchists. But there is little or no evidence that I've seen to support the idea that this was a state, state, in Iceland, as far as I can tell, everything I've read about it—I and I have a, a big book from Penguin about it—and there's some great information in *The Machinery of Freedom* by David Friedman, Milton Friedman's son. Um, the historical notes—they um, don't support the thesis that it was anything other than a stateless society.
1: Well, but but what um, one of the reasons that we've created courts and and that kind of thing is to uh, is is to sort of protect. The accused, not really the the uh, the victims of crimes, but in fact the accused of crimes, because those are the people that uh, the townspeople would rally around yeah. with, uh, you know, right. pitchforks pitch and right. and torches. Yeah. And I find it very difficult to imagine that Iceland, for some reason or another, didn't have the uh, the occasional lynching going on, which well, is that so still no. They had a system. They had a system. Which, but it, it, they did. I, I, I I'm with you, but right. you, we just don't know because there is really no written very little written history um, on this. I've seen essays and yeah, and I've read a bit Doug about... That's okay. And, you know, it's and all right, because we're not trying to go back to
0: Iceland. We're trying to move ahead into a truly voluntary society and really write our own history. And the evidence does point in every single area, every single time, that whenever the government gets the hell out of the way, the marketplace handles everything. It advances uh, technology so quickly when government just stays stays aside. It, it advances everything in such an amazing way all by itself. We don't have to have some, you know, uh, magnanimous central planner deciding wherever Everything must go. Uh, the, the marketplace can handle it in an issue after issue, whether it be healthcare, technology, uh, protection services, whatever it is. The marketplace does it better. And so all the evidence is there. You just have to put the pieces together. And what,
2: what, what I think is very interesting, and I mentioned this to you guys off the air uh, during the break, and I wanted to bring it up on the air, uh, it's a good opportunity to do so. Uh, when Fred called in earlier, he talked about how Albert J. Nock, in his uh, book, Our Enemy, the State, talked about the difference between society and government. And he said that, that you know he brought that up. It was actually not an original idea to Albert J. Nock. It was something that the Enlightenment thinkers understood. That's where Thomas Jefferson and all these guys were steeped in Enlightenment concepts mm-hmm. that came out. You know, John Locke, all these guys understood that there was a distinction between society and government. Society
0: is voluntary.
2: Society is that which we create through our interpersonal react, uh, interpersonal exchange. I can commerce. join
0: a society and leave a society, right, right.
2: but government doesn't allow me those choices. And that's why I, I hold very firmly that those who believe in government, uh, and particularly large government, are sociopathological. They're sociopaths. Uh, because government stands in opposition to society. There is, there is no way that government can exist without either being parasitic off of society or damaging society. Now, that second point is one where Mark might disagree, because Mark might, Mark might uh, think that a certain degree of government is necessary for society to be able to function properly, and that society itself cannot come up with its own safeguards to continue its own existence.
1: I just don't see much evidence otherwise. I'm willing to look at these things. I'm willing to try these things. I certainly believe that, uh, you know, I don't think that a, uh, a local government should really get into the uh, arena of doing anything but, say, policing. Mm. Um, you know, taking violent people off of the street and, uh, you know, that's it. I think that a national government should handle the area of national protection but only in the most um it, it, only in the case of invasion but you've
0: advocated secession so you don't believe in a national government you mean like the new hampshire smaller, state government smaller nation. at that point
2: right and unfortunately i think that um uh, the concept of government is is based on uh recursive recursive logic it's it's a uh, it's Basically, what you're saying is that uh, in order to protect your property, you have to have a government that takes part of your property to form the protection
0: force. Well, it's a paradox. That's yeah, exactly. the paradox of government. Exactly. And, and also the idea that you know that we need government to uh, this coercive government to protect us and to keep us safe says that, okay, you're you're rejecting central control in every other area. You're saying, oh, central control, oh, yeah, it doesn't work when it comes to, uh, you know, making decisions about our property and making decisions about uh, business and so on and so forth. But when it comes to protection, boy, we've got to have centralized bureaucracy. Yes, sirree, that's here's, a great idea. Here's the
2: question for you guys. Um, when I was speaking with Jason of uh, of SACL, uh, he and I were chatting a little bit, and I said, look, I think the proof for, uh, for a, a non-religious setup for individual rights, the concept of, uh, of negative reciprocity arising because human beings, by most of them by their nature, uh, have empathetic feelings and sympathetic feelings. They want to increase pleasure and decrease pain. When they encounter other people who feel the same way, they will come to mutual agreements, whether instinctual or outright and overt, that they will uh, agree to the sort of the golden rule. Um, now, I think that the existence of money ...is a great example of that because um, if money's existence shows that the majority of people work out their interests and their disputes and things like that through commercial exchange. They they resolve their needs not through predation, but through peaceful exchange with one another. The
0: problem another. comes in with the sociopaths, is what you are saying earlier, Garners. Right. The problem comes in that most of us want to interact on a voluntary basis and do. It's the ones that are sadists, the ones that are sick, the ones that are anti-society. They're the ones that come in and try to impose their way on everybody else to control well, us.
1: The, the solution to the problem that I propose is only in the case of Violence enacted against me or society as a whole or whomever is then the use of violence. And you are talking about voluntary exchanges that do not include violence in any of those exchanges. So different problems do require different solutions. That's all I'm saying. Oh,
0: yeah. And I think that if you have the marketplace operating, then you get those different solutions. Whereas if you just have this government police force, this one monopolistic government police force, you don't have options. You have one-size-fits-all imposed on everybody. You have and as much option as we currently
1: have with the public school system. It all needs to change. We need to have the marketplace. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, that you
0: could, I can hire out security tomorrow. We're out of time. Tomorrow. It's been Ian here with you. In-guard. And Mark. See you tomorrow online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com.